Where are the other two? Stratton and Schoenstein? We looked everywhere, sir, but... Never mind. It doesn't matter. Have you gentlemen seen your midterm grades yet? Well, they're not posted yet, sir. I've seen them. Mr. Kroger, two C's, two D's, and an F. That's a 1.2 grade average. Congratulations, Kroger. You're at the top of the Delta Pledge class. Mr. Dorfman. Hello. 0 0.2. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mr. Hoover, president of Delta House, 1.6, four C's and an F. A fine example you set, Daniel Simpson Day. Has no grade point average. All courses incomplete. Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski. Zero point zero. Now I want you to tell Mrs. Stratton and Mr. Schoenstein exactly what I'm about to tell you now. What's that, sir? You're out. Finished at Faber. Expelled. I want you off this campus at nine o'clock Monday morning. And I'm sure you'll be happy to know that I have notified your local draft boards and told them that you are now all, all eligible for military service. Well? Well? Huh? Out with it! to you. It is three minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this is the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the lushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. It is the Rick Emerson radio program, an excursion into comedy. Uh, let's see. This is Tuesday, March 24th. 2009, thank you for uh, coming by. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to join us, it's 503-733-2970-503-2... Wait. You know when I say... You know what just <laughs> you were screwed doing me so up there? Well. No, it's, it's like a muscle memory thing because I always say 503-733-2970 to the point that it, they're not even sort of discrete individual letters anymore. It's just one random flow of words. 503-733-2970. Sort of like when you dial a number... Um, by remembering where the keys are, and you don't really know what the number is, and if they were to come in and just move the keys, you'd be completely effed. So instead of saying 503, I said 503, and even now saying 503, I have to stop and think about the number. God, my brain is minuscule. All right. Uh, can you uh, sweeten my mic ever so slightly? Oh, for Thank sure. Thank you, sir. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. All right. It's 503-733-2970 if you would like to uh, be part of today's program. 503 733-2970. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or Richie with a T at kufo.com. Right there in my hand. I hold, uh, this is the uh, latest set of Spot the Fake Metal lyrics entrance. That's for today. 
Uh, we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. It is in stores March 29th. We're going to be giving away a copy every day this week. Your chance to identify fake metal lyrics as distinct from real metal lyrics. Later on in the day, Guitar Hero Metallica, the most intense Guitar Hero yet. So you can win that before you can buy it later on today. We'll also be talking to uh, Katie Darrell from TMZ.com, Don Taylor from Film.com, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles, and it's his best day ever. It's it's his two favorite stories back-to-back, Phil Spector and the Octomom, together in one glorious, living, breathing hell. Uh, let's see. Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City today. And uh, we will also have today's top five, the top five television closing theme songs. The top five closing theme songs uh, to a TV series. Let me say first and foremost, The Incredible Hulk, The Lonesome Man. That will not be on the list because we did it last, because the last time we did the, uh, what, was it, what was the thing we did? Uh, uh, didn't we do some TV theme countdown a couple weeks ago? What the hell was it? Saddest. We did the top five most depressing TV theme songs. Yes, yes. And we used The Incredible Hulk closing theme. So just you know, to sort of preemptively deal with any uh, kind of hate that's going to come my way about this. That's just the, I can't be doing the Incredible Hulk song two weeks in a row. It's just not going to work. Uh, so it's there in spirit. It's just not there in actual point of fact. Uh, top five closing theme songs to a TV series. That's coming up. Um, Geek Watch coming up today. Double uh, Taser Watch on the way. And before I do anything else... Two big guests coming up this week as well. So tomorrow we're going to be speaking with Michael McKeon, who, along with Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest, is going to be coming to town, uh, I believe it's April 19th. It'll be the 18th. I think it's the 19th, though. Uh, April 19th coming to Portland. It is the Unwigged and Unplugged, an evening with Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer uh, tour, in which they're going to be they're going to be doing Spinal Tap songs. They're going to be doing uh, songs from A Mighty Wind. They're going to be doing songs that they've written for other things in their career. So that's pretty fantastic. So Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, and Christopher Guest all coming to town. Michael McKean will be on this radio program tomorrow. That is Wednesday. On Thursday, we'll be talking to Queensryche's Jeff Tate because Queensryche is also coming to town. They're going to be at the uh, Roseland third week of April. So, very exciting week already. It's, it's only Tuesday. Not even halfway through the week, and it's already the best week that's ever been, ladies and gentlemen. It is 503-733-2970 if you would like to uh, engage with us electronically or telephonically. Uh, Rick at RickEmerson.com is the email address. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday. Man, I have lots of them, too. Investigators think ice could have caused that Montana plane crash and not overloading. Three entire families were killed in that crash. One of those was that of the Oregon owner of that plane who was waiting for them at a millionaires-only club in Montana when he heard the news on CNN. The story gets weirder with every passing moment. It really is. Then there's plenty of fresh Octomom news this morning. First... She fires the volunteer angels. That's the uh, volunteer nanny service. She accuses them of being spies. Then someone identifying themselves as the Octomom's nanny, whoever this might be, calls 911. We have the recording. to have Gloria Allred removed from the house. <laughs> That's fantastic. Because don't you picture the, uh, I mean, I haven't even heard it. I don't know what it's like, but don't you picture the, like, was she saying the nanny? Yeah. Don't you picture her sort of hiding in a corner, describing Gloria Allred as though she was some sort of a... Some sort of a burglar or perhaps a vicious wolf-like creature that's gotten into the house. I'm hiding in the laundry closet. No, it's Gloria Allred. I don't know. She's sniffing around the floor. I think she can tell I'm here. And uh, more stories just for you, Sarah Dillon. Yes. Bo Breedlove, the scandalous mayor's young plaything. 
You'll see the results of his photo shoot on the newsstand April 7th, and I have a sample for you on my website at RileyLive.com. Awesome. What photo shoot is this? Is this, this was the uh, photo shoot he did for a magazine called Unzipped. I now guess I heard, it's some fashion magazine. Now he, I heard he got all nuded up. Did he do, is this like a nude photo shoot? Yes, but they didn't release those photos. I mean, I, I, I mean, oh I, my God! I mean, I know he's a pure young that's, man that's, who's above reproach. Mm-hmm. That's just for you, Sarah Dillon. Uh, wow, he's yeah. so classy. <laughs> classy in a trashy way. He's he's classy a, with a K. One of Portland's many local sophisticates. <laughs> Bo Breedlove. A bike lane is under construction on the Morrison Bridge. Fifty million dollars in AIG bonuses will be refunded. And in an effort to confuse the public, AIG will change its name to AIU. AIU sounds like uh-huh. uh, AIU sounds like that brand of shoes they used to advertise in the back of Marvel Comics, uh, where the Harlem Globetrotters would show up, and then they would help you defeat evil somehow, and then you'd lace up your sneakers and race away. That semi that overturned and closed down the I-5 yesterday morning was carrying soy sauce, and wolverines are found in California. Well, you like wolverines or like wolverines? That's exactly why I put it there. Well done. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Am I so predictable? Yes, you are. That's why I put these in here. Excellent. Just to get you going early in the morning. Thanks so much. You know, there's nothing like a good red dawn cheer to get one's blood flowing in these early morning hours. It's 503-733-2970. If you would like to uh, join us today, you can also email us, rick at rickemerson.com, tim at kufo.com, richie with a T at kufo.com, or sarah with an H at kufo.com. That, of course, belongs to Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, and how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. You're resplendent in your Day of the Dead t-shirt. Thanks, yeah, Lisa Wood got this for me. I for... dig that. I like that quite a lot. Oh, no, she's, she's got some style, that lady. She got it for me for my birthday. When is the actual Day of the Dead? Have we missed that? Maybe. Does the Day of the Dead come up in the March at some point? No, that's the Ides of March. We missed the Ides of March, though. Nah, it doesn't matter. Nobody I thought the cares. Day of the Dead was around Christmas. No, that's the uh, no, that's the day. That's Jesus. That's the, you're oh. thinking of Jesus' birthday. It's uh, two different things altogether. Okay. I think maybe it's in April. It doesn't. You know what? It, no one cares. Okay. Uh, how are you today? Good. I had my bowling tournament last night. So were you victorious? Because this is the media league you yes, bowl in, right? Yes, we played Clear Channel. We played like Scott Tom and all those guys, and they're just ridiculously good. Did Clear Channel just send one bowler who pretends that he's many different bowlers? Bam! Yeah! Actually, the Clear Channel team, only, ah! only one of them was a Clear Channel employee. Really? Were the rest... Um, no, the rest were like pinch hitters. The rest like, they slave were all, labor? They were all like really good. Like They were just friends of... Um, what, did they bring ringers? Yeah, because it was Scott Tom, and then uh, you remember him. Oh, I know Scott Tom, big yeah. Mr. Belvedere-looking guy. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Him, and then his brother, and then their friend. And that's who we played. So that was the Clear Channel team. And they were really good. So they went... We well, that's just cheating. You're not allowed to... How can it be the Clear Channel... Look, I mean... Well, all out of a million stations, there has to be one good bowler. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, all Clear Channel jokes notwithstanding, how can it be the Clear Channel team if Scott Tom is the only guy from Clear Channel? Everybody's just like dudes from his neighborhood. I don't know. Who's on the, Who's on your team? Is, is this the CBS radio it's team? It's me. Yeah, it's uh, me, Richie, Lisa Wood, uh, Lisa's husband, okay. and uh, our friend Chug. <laughs> Chug. Chug. <laughs> Uh-huh. All but right. so the only person that doesn't, well, the only two people that don't. But work. at least three of the five, I mean, that's 60%. Yeah. You got 60%. Now, is the team called, I mean, is it supposed to be the CBS Radio team, or is it like the, the KUFO team or the 970 team? Well, we're just Cobra Whiskey, like we were last year. All right, okay. But I mean, but 60% of the people are CBS Radio employees. Yeah. All right, well, so at least you're kind of making, a, you're making a, the, at least a full-throated attempt at being a, you know, part of a media uh, bowling uh, tournament. And I went to Fred Meyer yesterday and heard a woman with Tourette syndrome. Really? I have never seen someone with Tourette's okay, before. Okay, so we'll, we have to get to that in just one second, okay. but back on the bowling thing. Yep. So I'm unclear about this, but did you win? Okay, so we won, we lost the first two games, and then we lost the third, or then we won the third game, which for some reason, like, we only, we play three games, but it counts for four, so, like, 
since they won two and we won one, it counts as like winning two and two. I don't wow, know. the length of this explanation is so disproportionate so to my interest, but... I don't understand it. I don't know, but... Who, hey, you asked. Who, no, but I mean, who won? I don't know. <laughs> That's, it was the championship, right? Well, didn't you say it was the finals? It's the it's the semifinals. Oh, oh, see, I thought it was the actual final championship. No. Okay. I thought this was going to be like some sort of, like a college football thing where there is no winner. Okay, so now do you get, are you playing again next week? I think so. Okay, because that would mean that you were at least victorious in some sense. Yes, just when, a bit. when is the actual final bowling night? Next week. Okay, so next week the winner will be determined. Yes. It's the okay. World Series of Bowling. It, it is, Tim. <laughs> Oh, it's just crazy. The Super right. Bowl. So it's, it's uh, you guys, Clear Channel. Who else? Um, actually, the, the KUFO team. KUFO. Who's and on the KUFO team? That's Bridget and somebody else. Yeah, Bridget and Terry uh-huh. and Terry's boyfriend, um, Ra, Raj. Whatever. I don't know. Some and uh, I can't remember Does who Endercom else. have a bowling team? Entercom does, but they didn't make... Actually, that was the Farmers team, was the Entercom team. Really? Did they not even make it out last night? They did not make the, the semifinals. Well, insert joke here. Uh, they're at home watching their stock price climb. Oh. Anywho. All right, so you were at Fred Meyer, and there was a woman with Tourette's. I heard a woman with Tourette's for the first time ever yesterday, and she was screaming at cupcakes. And then, like, brand Is new cupcakes Fred a stripper? Like actual yeah. cupcakes? <laughs> actual cupcakes. Like, you know how the, there's a new Fred Meyer and they have that whole new fancy bakery oh, thing? Don't even get me started on the I, new Fred Meyer. I don't, oh my I don't, I, I don't care for it. Now, let me say I this. I hate it so much. Well, let me say this. Where's I like this new Fred Meyer? No, no, no. Just, before we do anything else, I should say, I like Fred Meyer. I really do. It's one of my favorite places on earth. I really do love Fred Meyer. Um, and the thing about it is, is that it really is... It sounds like it sounds so corny. It sounds like it sounds like I'm, I'm doing a spot or something. But the great thing about Fred Meyer is, Fred Meyer is exactly the way you need a store to be laid out, sort of in theory. In that, and I don't know, is Fred Meyer just a Northwest thing, Tim? Is well, there, it's owned by Kroger. Is, does Kroger yeah, have originally, other stores? Originally, it was a regional store, and then it was taken over by Kroger. Because I do know, I think Fred Meyer is one of our uh, esteemed sponsors, by the way, but I've heard the Kroger name used at various other stations where I've worked. So I think, yeah, Kroger, I think it's more, it, Fred Meyer's sort of the regional the regional arm of Kroger. But yeah. they have like a Southern California arm, I think, too, that does something or other. Anyway, Fred Meyer is the perfect middle ground between like a Walgreens which is, you know, has a good overview of stuff, but it is kind of too small. To, to, like, you can't do a full shopping trip at a Walgreens. Yeah, you know but what once I mean? you go in Walgreens, they have ShamWow and a pedipause, right, when you walk through the door. Oh, no, but here, but After see, being told that they're only available on TV. No, 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 so but, that's they, a nice surprise. Here, but here's the thing. I was just at Fred Meyer the other day. They have a whole as-seen-on-TV section at that Fred Meyer. At the new one? On 39th and Hawthorne. And we'll, we'll get to, to some oh, of my, my confusion my. with that Fred Meyer in just a moment. But I Man, oh, man, they moved around everything. Yeah, but the, you keep finishing. So they have, a, they have an as-seen-on-TV section there. Here's how the size of those stores increase. There's like a 7-Eleven or a Plaid Pantry, which is, which is in turn, because they're all different sizes of the same store, right? Because each of those stores wants to be like everything you need in one place. Plaid Pantry, though, that's like your, um, the Plaid Pantry is like the pocket fisherman of stores. Where, you know, if you can get the job done, not a lot of variety there. Uh, and if you really have any heavy-duty needs, it's not going to work. And then you go to like a Walgreens uh, or a, what is the thing I'm always confusing with Walgreens? Walmart. Is it Rite Aid? Could yeah. Be. Yeah, Rite, Rite Aid. Walgreens is basically Which, the same. Basically the same. Somewhat larger. That's between like a 7-Eleven and I would say a, uh, like, a, uh, like a Fred Meyer. And then you go like Fred Meyer, which has everything you need under one roof. But then once you do that, then you get into the huge big box stores where it's just it's just too overwhelming. And it's just and it's just a bunch of fat bastards in sweatpants everywhere you go and they stink. Uh, there's just all of them. And I don't mean like they stink as in they're bad people. I mean they smell. I mean there's a, there's a smell. 
There's a smell uh, and just in sticky-faced children just covered in jam and graham cracker crumbs running around, dirty sort of sagging plastic pants. Fred Meyer is exactly the right size. And it's exactly the right size, which means that probably for you as well, we can memorize the layout. And then they go and they remodel it. Now I don't know where anything is. I know where nothing is, and it is so frustrating. Like, you have to commit like a half an hour to it. You have to block out extra time just to find things now. No, and like, if, yeah, I, I seriously cannot handle it sometimes because it's so big. And like, the bread, for example, is now completely on the other side of the store. And I'll walk out of habit to one side of the store and then have to walk, to, you know, a half a mile to the other side. I know your pain. You know why? Because Laura and I were there on Sunday going to find some olive, uh, what is that bread called? Ciabatta? Whatever. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Ciabatta or Kalamata? Black Adam. Kalamata. Kalamata. Yeah, it was olive Kalamata bread, and because they got a great bread selection there, and like we went to exactly where the bread is supposed to be, you know, garden hose. Like, well, I don't want a garden hose. I can't feed my family with that, and so then we had to wander all around. And it was, and the thing is, it's not entirely their fault because they're still remodeling, so it's like not everything is put it's up so like the, the, the directories. So loud in there too, with, because they are still remodeling. Uh, I don't know. The, the Rite Aid downtown is worse. The way it's set up, with all those, uh, well. Not the nicest people shopping there, but it's like going through the maze in The Shining and trying to run away from these people. <laughs> trying to look what you're looking for and get away from the people who are also shopping You're there. just trying to buy some aftershave while Scatman Crothers is coming at you with an axe? Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's what it's like. Excellent. It's kind of a weird L shape and they're all dead ends no matter where you're going. So you're in the bakery. And now, when did you notice the woman with Tourette's? Did okay, you hear yeah. her or see her? So I'm lost. I'm trying to find bread. And I couldn't. And all of a sudden, I see, hear this woman and I hear this like yelling behind me. I'm like, what is she doing? And there's this display case with all these cupcakes in it. And she starts like twitching. And well, I, I can't even do an impression of her because I'm afraid I'm accidentally going to swear. But she's just like, yeah. yeah. She's like, and she keeps, and then she would just like calmly look at the cupcakes again. And she'd be like, and that like is so great. It was amazing. And so I was trying, uh, trying to eavesdrop on her, and she said some filthy things. I wonder if we could hire somebody to with the Tourette's. Cupcakes? To the, she was looking at these pink cupcakes, and she was like opening the thing. I know started, those cupcakes. Yeah. I saw those. Yeah, so they're she, bright, bright pink. The bright pink cupcakes. And she was looking at them, and she'd start screaming and twitching, and then she'd stop, and then she like opened it and like took out a cupcake, and then she started like yelling at the cupcake, and then put it back, and then as that was like, fantastic. It was like the Pokemon effect had on kids because it was flashing. Those the cupcakes are giving her a seizure. Yeah. Honestly, I felt really special. I was like, thank you, Fred Meyer, thank for you showing for giving me, this. me the Tourette's lady, you. giving me just this tiny little window it in humanity. It gave me a little bit of joy, and then I had to walk a half a mile to the other bread section. That's wonderful. Yeah. Maybe she's performing there at the same time every week. Can I tell you this about about the, that Fred Meyer bakery? The colors of the ba- of the baked goods and the, like a uh, Cupcakes and cake and anything that's iced, they're really shocking, the colors. I mean, mm-hmm. they're unbelievably... They've got some weird special, like, nuclear uh, food coloring or something they're using. Because that pink, I mean, it's like you get a sunburn looking at that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's blinding. It is. It really is. So the Tourette's woman. I wonder if we could hire somebody with Tourette's and then... Like, like, can you be... You can't be fired, probably, for having Tourette's if it's an actual disease, right? If it's, like, an actual medical issue. If it's a, if it's a, a disorder, a syndrome... It seems like that's a thing that would be protected, right? Well, I suppose not if you're not violating customer service rules. If she's an employee there, it'd be different. Well, you probably no, but she sounds like she was you just a customer. You can't work there and be swearing at the cupcakes. It was an employee since she was just <laughs> entertainment. She was, and I saw another like a couple was standing next to me, and they heard her too, and they were like trying not to laugh. That is fantastic. And we were all kind of loitering around the cupcake lady, trying to listen to her. Hey, I in that remodel, have they kept the you check stuff where it's like you're checking yourself yes. out? Okay, because you can that. 
That's a thing where I'll take I'll take the extra work so I don't have to stand in line and talk to morons. Oh, me too. I do the U check yeah. every time. Excellent. Right. But it's just yeah, it's so big. I can't even like make it upstairs anymore because it's just too big. I, it's just too overwhelming. <laughs> it is I, too overwhelming. I find myself going to Safeway sometimes because I just can't handle the, start to the hugeness of Fred it's Meyer. Just, just too much, there's just too much to do with it. The Safeway is good, but I'm all. Here's the thing about it is, is especially when we were working in middays, I would always I got in the habit of going to Safeway and doing all my shopping at like midnight, which is great. There's nobody there ever. And so now that we're like on a regular schedule, I got to make sure that I go there at like maybe one in the afternoon when it's still going to be a little more crowded. But like, I, I tried to go to Safeway at like five in the afternoon the other day, and that's just the worst. Mm-hmm. I don't, you don't realize how uh, how crowded things are until you have to go like to, to a place like a grocery store in rush hour. Even middays, because it's all like the you know bitchy ladies with their strollers who are like, this is my big outing for the day. This is my one sad escape from my imprisoning home life. No, I went, yeah, because I went at like, you know, around noon the other day, and it was just packed full yeah. of, you know, women. Oh, and God groceries. help you if you're trying to go to that Starbucks in the, the Safeway in 39th and Powell. God help you if you're trying to get some caffeine in the morning, because it's nothing but house frows as far as the eye can see. <laughs> just a bunch of fat, spongy women waiting in line for like a, you know, like a triple half decaf soy twist peppermint shake smoothie thing. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um... Okay, wait, uh, are we uh, are we up against it here? Yeah. All right. Um, I don't even. It's funny that you talk about the Tourette's woman screaming at the cupcakes. You know what I wrote down is, screaming child in coffee shop. Huh. I have this whole uh, I have this whole anecdote to tell, which now won't be all that surprising because I've already told you that it's coming. And plus, it's like how spontaneous going to be. It's written down on a piece of paper from my BlackBerry because I'm lame. <laughs> um. So we'll but we'll get to that because I have, I don't know because it's because it's, sh- it's relatable and it's a shared experience and blah 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 blah. It is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. Your calls around the corner. We're going to speak to, uh, let's see, we've got calls from Alaska. Uh, we'll get to uh, somebody who says Rick has terrified him. I don't know what that's all about. We're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. We'll speak to Jim Roop from Los Angeles, Katie Darrell from TMZ, and the news with Tim Riley. It's all ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us on Tuesday. It's 503-733-2970 in mere moments. CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles. Later on, Katie Darrell from TMZ, Don Taylor from Film.com. Your chance to win Guitar Hero, Metallica, and so forth. Uh, oh, wait, have I got it backward? I'm sorry. I, my apologies. It's not It's not Jim. It's actually Steve coming up. At him. That's my fault. Uh, well, let me get uh, very quickly here. We'll do this. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio program, sir and madam, as the case may be. Hey, good morning, Rick. Uh, Tim Ritchie. This is Arizona Frank, uh, just south of Albany, heading back home after a quick visit to Hello, uh, sir. How Portland. Are you? Good so, morning. Terrific. Thank you. I hope you guys are doing well. Hey, just want to let you know, you scared the crap out of me about a week and a half ago. Uh, oh, when we uh, when we when we announced that we were moving over to with the Kuva. Yeah, you did this really neat uh, theater of the mind thing where I didn't know whether you know whether you guys were all gone or whether Richie was taking over the station or. Yeah, we did yeah, like a twenty-five. Uh, we did like a twenty-five minute build-up before we announced to people uh, that we were on our sister station, uh, nine seventy. Yeah, no so, so <clears> yeah. my you know my wife Sarah and I were huddled around our crackling little uh, computer <laughs> monitor. Uh, just going, oh, my God, could this be it? And, well, thank God it wasn't. So Huddled around the like, radio like you were listening to Murrow talk about the Blitz. Yeah. You know what? It was wonderful. It really yeah. was. It was, a cool, it was a cool moment. Well done. Thank you, you sir. You scared the crap out of me. Thank and uh, just want to let you know that the show sounds, uh, sounds really good. We're uh, south of Albany, and I can hear you in full stereo. So, Yay. 100,000 watts, sir. 
That is really awesome. Right. And I uh, look forward to next time we're back in town uh, visiting. So, right. anyhow, just uh, you guys are doing a terrific job, and thanks a lot. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Thank Travel you, Frank. Safe. There you go. That is Frank and his lovely wife, Sarah, from Arizona. Wonderful. Thank you, sir. Yes, at 20 times the uh, broadcast power Ooh. of our uh, former signal. Um, okay, so I'm looking at it here, Troy in Alaska. Hang on, we will get to He says, has, quote, great wasp story. So, uh, I don't want to miss that. So, hang on, we'll get to you right around the corner. This is CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kaftenbaum joining us from New York City. Hello, sir. How are you? Doing well. How are you guys? I am fantastic. So, I'm misidentifying you there. I had the, I guess I had the CNN prep sheet sort of uh, turned around here. Um, so, this is... Let me ask you a question. So you've been on uh, the clock for how long now? Uh, on your when? When did you, like this is uh, what it's uh, it's about uh, eight thirty your time. When did you get on? Oh, Rick, I'm always on the clock. That's, that's always. What I, that, that's exactly as I thought it would be, sir. I'm I'm what they call an at will employee. I'm here at their beck and call. You uh, but, uh you serve at the pleasure of CNN. Exactly, but technically uh, my my day starts at seven a.m. But you know I wake up at like five thirty and I'm. I'm reading in, as they say, at around six. I mean, uh, a couple of things to talk about. One is, I mean, I don't want to sit and just keep keep pounding on this AIG thing because I think everybody either doesn't care or doesn't understand or realizes that it doesn't matter anyway because it's just money down a sewer hole. I mean, whether it's going to the company or whether it's going to specific specific executives, it's like, you know what it is? It's money that it's money they took from me that I'm never getting back. They sodomized me out of my cash and they're not going to be returning it. Um, that being said, did you hear this, this thing about they're going to be changing their name? Yeah. <laughs> so it's no longer going to be AIG. It's going to be AIU, which is a little bit like, didn't RJR Nabisco or RJR Tobacco or whatever they were called, didn't they change their name to something else? And one of, one of the mortgage companies, one of the big mortgage companies did that, too, because uh, when I got a mortgage, I got it with Amtrust, and, and everybody was like, what's Amtrust? And then I found out they used to be one of the bigger mortgage companies uh, until the whole subprime debacle. So I guess that's the in-fashion thing to do. When, when, you're, when you're really doing poorly, just change your name and, and hope people don't realize you're the same company. Well, that's my AIG auto insurance is now 20, 21st century car insurance. Really? Yeah. I, the, we, uh, I think Enron did the same thing. Enron went through some, some sort of deal where they you know, tried to give themselves a good, uh, a good revamping. They're noting here, the AIG name, already tainted in scandal, has become even more tarnished in the past week. So have any of these uh, executives, because I guess whether some of these guys are given given the money back or they're they're handing the bonuses yeah. back, to, have any of these executives just say said like, look, you know, screw you guys, I you know, f you guys, I have a I have a contract and the contract says I'm owed this money and it's mine and you can't have it. Well, apparently some have uh, not given the money back yet. Whether that's what they're they're thinking, I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, late last night, the Attorney General here in New York, Andrew Cuomo, held a conference call with reporters, and he announced that 15 out of the top 20 executives at AIG who received the biggest bonuses have given them back in full. I would like to say to the individuals who have given the money back, you have done the quote-unquote right thing. You've done what this country now needs and demands. We're living in a new era of corporate and individual responsibility. It's nice to know that the attorney general likes to quote Spike Lee, you know? Well, and, for, oh, and I'm so confused. First of all, what, Jesus, there's no respect for language anymore. You, when you say you've done quote unquote the right thing, that means quotations mean that, like in that context, it means you haven't really right. done the right thing. Right, exactly. Is that Mario Cuomo's kid? Uh, yes, it is. You would it think is. that Mario Cuomo's kid would at least have some sort of tentative grasp on the English language. You, you know, the overuse of quotations is one of uh, is one of my <laughs> my sister in law's pet peeves. She also works for CNN and she works in the political desk. And I'm constantly getting emails from her uh, with examples of you know 
supposedly knowledgeable people overusing uh, the, the quotes or putting them in the wrong context. Well, people, yeah. uh, people do that thing of using quotes where they want to use it like uh, they want to be italicizing. So that's because right. people aren't that bright, Steve. So I guess in this context, doing the right thing means giving back money uh, that is rightfully owed to you. So I guess I guess maybe we should all just begin uh, giving back money. You know, wh- why not? Um, let's see. What else do we have? I, something I, it's just so confusing. All of this stuff is going on all at once today. Just the, the rubber keeps hitting the road in like 900 places. <laughs> um, is it is it true that they have – let me see if I can sort of grab get a handle on this – that – these guys are kind of handing stuff back, but the Obama administration kind of isn't going to force anybody to do that. In other words, they're not going to put any kind of leverage on this. It is sort of on a strictly voluntary basis at the moment. Well, remember uh, like a week or two ago, there was uh, re- uh, reporting out there that language was specifically written in so that AIG would be able to pay the bonuses and that the feds, you know, sort of created this loophole for them. Oh, that's what Chris Dodd got so reamed right. for. Exactly. Well, this is yeah. this is sort of like it reminds me of a phrase that author Scott Turow once used, where he talked about in the book Presumed Innocent, where he was talking about Carolyn Polhemus, and he said, "All of us have gone down in her black wake," which is a phrase that always kind of stuck with me. And that really is what this is, man. I can't even imagine how many people are going to be wrapped up in chains like a Jacob Marley and just sunk to the bottom of the ocean behind all of this. Good God Almighty! All right. Hey, um, can I ask you a quick question? Yes, I know, sir. I know we're uh, we're on the under the gun here, time wise. Have you ever been to Fargo, North Dakota? I have indeed. You have? I have. Uh, they have the Mickey Mantle, uh, no, not Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris. They have the Roger Maris Museum there, and it's inside a strip mall. So I wasn't actually able to see it, but I stood outside the strip mall at 5 in the morning because they told me it was, quote, a real happening place. And I had to like do that thing of cupping my hands around my eyes in the glass and trying to look in to see like a faded baseball glove. Yeah. Because uh, they may be sending me there uh, for the flood coverage, and I've never been there before. It's... Uh... How do I put this? We, I know that I still have some listeners in Fargo. Uh, I used to be on in Fargo a long time ago, and uh, I was huge in Fargo, blah, blah, blah. And it was actually one of the only – I used to do this other version of the show, and it was one of the only places the show was successful was, in fact, Fargo. So they, I was so successful they flew me there. No lie. I'm not making this up. Wow. They flew me out there where I was received as a king would be received, Steve. <laughs> um, Fargo's a cool place, not tremendously exciting. Boy, it was cold. It was unbelievably freaking cold. And liquor stores the size of barns. I mean, just the biggest liquor stores you have ever seen in your lives. And I know that every town is like, we drink more in this town. It's like how every profession thinks they drink more than every other profession. You know, cops, nurses, whoever. People in Fargo, at least in my experience, they drink more than any humans I have ever seen on Earth. It was astounding. And it appeared to have no effect on them. So my thing is that they're, they're just drunk all the time. That would be my estimation, because it didn't appear to, to phase them at all. Well, they may have uh, more reason to drink uh, in the coming days. You heard about the Red River and uh, how it's going to crest at 41 feet and uh, above flood stage. and Yeah, they're not doing too well there, so uh, the whole town may be washed away by the Red River. When so. the Red River cre- is this right before uh, Moses leads his people to freedom? <laughs> Pretty much. They've got all this snow melt uh, in the Canadian Rockies, and it's just washing down the Red River, and, and now they had rain last night, so they're really in trouble there. Ugh. All right. Well, have have fun with that. Um, hey, I, I've never been in a flood before. It it's, be fun. I will say this. The one the one interesting thing about uh, about Fargo is that, I mean, it sounds like such a stupid, obvious observation, but it's just unbelievably flat. I mean, I know that sounds 
that sounds silly, but you don't really appreciate that until you're there, and it's just this vast, unbroken expanse of land that is just exactly level, and it just goes on forever. It is actually kind of cool in a weird sort of negative space kind of way. See, that's so. my impression of it from the movie Fargo. So, yeah, that's what I thought it would be like. Oh, yeah, just a fi- final thought here. Word to the wise. Don't bring up the movie Fargo when you're in Fargo. They don't like it. Okay. They don't like it because it was all because none of it was filmed there. So it was all filmed in Minnesota. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, don't don't bring it up and they and they get all twitchy about like I don't understand why we're so funny. What's funny about us? And it's like you suddenly feel like you're in a Joe Pesci thing. So, all right, thank you, sir. Thank you. Take there care. You go. Steve, Captain, well, ladies the, and gentlemen. The townspeople said they were going to fill a million sandbags, but now they found out they need two million. In Fargo? Yeah. Well, and they're confident that they can build two million sandbags. Well, the thing is, it's so flat, so the water comes in, there's nowhere for it to go. It's just going to wash everything away. I know I said I was going to talk to Troy in Alaska in this segment. Uh, Troy, you have to take me as a a man of my word when I say that I I swear to Christ, you'll be the first thing out of the break. Swear to God. We'll come back uh, right out of this break. We'll get uh, to the He wants to talk about wasps and left for dead. That's uh, coming up. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. That's wonderful. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, Don Taylor from Cinematical, uh, a proud part of the AOL network of websites. Let's see what else? Katie Darrell from TMZ.com will do the top five. Okay, how do you write this? Top five television closing theme songs top yes. five closing television theme songs the first one first one television closing theme songs mm-hmm. doesn't make it like it doesn't make it like it make it sound like it's the theme song tv show closing closing theme song closing See, theme it, none of it sound nothing sounds right there's no combination of words that it sounds correct if you're counting down a list of the greatest closing theme songs from a television series there but if you want to do it in fewer words, <laughs> make a correct sentence out of these words. Top five television closing. theme songs closing. Closing theme songs. Closing theme songs for television. See? No one knows. You don't know either. Here are the either. top five closing theme songs for television. Here are the top five closing television theme songs. T- television show theme songs, yes. I don't think I can repeat that twice. See? But then nobody knows. <laughs> see? There's no way to figure it out. There's nothing that's correct. It can't Closing be answered. Closing television theme song. This God. Is, see? That's what I'm saying. This is like a, it's like a Fermat's last theorem or whatever, whatever that thing is. It's like one of those unsolvable math things. Uh, that's exactly what they call it in school, an unsolvable math thing. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, is this Troy in Alaska? Yes, this is, sir. Good Hello. morning, Rick, How's, Sarah, uh, Tim. Hello. Hello. How's uh, life in Alaska, my friend? Oh, it's dark and cold, same as always. Excellent. They have a volcanic eruption also. Oh, that's right. You guys have the volcano. Uh, where is that uh, relative to where you are? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's like in the Aleutians. Like, you know, that uh, weird little pale thing that goes off like way into the Pacific Ocean, kind of like, sure. close to Russia and all that. Oh, is that you a thing where you can see there. Russia from? Yeah, okay. Uh, well, so it's not maybe. It's not threatening you in any way. No, no, it's far away. Can you see it in the atmosphere at all? Is it changing? Uh, I mean, in other words, is it like changing the 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 sunset or the clouds or anything? No, I think it's too cloudy to even see the sunset. It's just so. too dark to see if the sky is getting any darker. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> Excellent. How can I help you this morning? All right. Well, uh, you guys had a killer bee story yesterday. I got a pretty good wasp story that happened uh, a couple years ago. By the way, when uh, I was talking about this call during the break, Tim thought you maybe we were talking about white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, and I thought maybe you were talking about a uh, famed metal band from the 80s fronted by Blackie Lawless. But you are, in fact, just talking about the flying stinging thing. Yes, yes. Cool. The All right. 
Yeah, so it was like right after 4th of July, so uh, it was like 5th. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff left over from a party, and it was over at my parents' at the time. And uh, there was a there was these uh, cans of juice, you know, like the uh, like a regular can of soda, but they have, like, juice or right. mango juice in them. And so one had been left out overnight, and uh, my dad was out grilling and uh, confused which uh, – which bottle or which can was his and grabbed the one that had been left out overnight. Mm. Took a big old swig of it mm. and his eyes suddenly got as big as dinner plates and runs out over the, uh, runs over to the side of the deck and just <clears throat> now comes just this mouthful of wasps. Oh, still crawling. Oh, oh. Oh. Mouthful like of he, wasps. Yeah, he just thought it was uh, just kind of fermented or chunky, so he's like, "Oh, this is gross." Oh, was he chunky. wasn't expecting to see a mouthful of wasps. And no, because why would you that, expect that? That's like a Spanish Inquisition. You don't. That's oh, yeah. no one expects that. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, thanks so much for that. I pre- thanks for putting that image in my head. Yeah, wonderful. That's and uh, one more thing, uh, you should. Uh, I was just thinking, you know, you you have your Xbox account, but you, you for other, you know, for obvious reasons, you don't really play with listeners. You should get a second one. Like, oh, uh, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, like get on every like month or so and just like have a listener game that, battle thing. Dude, that is fantastic. And let, let's just make clarify, unless anybody think I'm being all like, you know, I, I don't wish to play with the common man. It really isn't that. And I've, I've sort of made this distinction before. I, I, the only reason I don't kind of give my gamer tag out on the air is because it would sort of be the opposite. It was like, it, it's like then... I would feel like I would, you know, I would feel like I, did, I wouldn't ever want to say like, well, no, I, I will not play with you. So that it's like then I would just be on all the time. I would basically have to clone myself. So half of me, like one of me could come and do, do the show and then the other half would just be at home playing Left 4 Dead or whatever constantly. So that is not a bad idea. So if I've already got an Xbox Live account, uh, what, like, what does it cost to get a second uh, gamer tag? Oh, I think it's just like the uh, the seven ninety nine uh, same exact same fee. You just uh, make another profile. On your uh, on your Xbox, right? Okay, and then just uh, just upgrade it to gold. Because yeah, that's that's my thing. Is it because I bought and I bought like a year and a half at once, so it ends up being like five bucks a month or something. That's a really good idea. All right. Yeah, I thought so too. Fantastic. All right, you know, and then we can do a whole thing about trying to pick whatever my other gamer tag is going to be. Well done. Okay, that you know, by God, you're a good person, Troy. Thank you. Maybe someone deserves Guitar Hero Metallica. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye now. That's Troy in Alaska. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, Tim Riley. Thank you, Troy. In the news with Tim Riley. There's a wanted sex offender on the loose in Portland. He's posing as a professor. Do not be taken in by his genius. The results of that uh, naked photo shoot of Bo Breedlove, the mayor's uh, youthful plaything, may be seen April 7th when that magazine hits the newsstands. Michelle Obama's dismissing reports that she is pregnant. The government will buy a trillion dollars in bad bank ex- uh, assets to get the credit moving again. The wealthy get a Facebook all their own. More lifestyles of the rich and famous. A Lake Oswego man is convicted of drowning a neighbor in a hot tub. Screech from Saved by the Bell is in hot water for not paying his utility bills. Uh, Playboy magazine closing down its New York office, slashing 100 jobs. Some will go to the company's Chicago headquarters. Just, Most uh, will lose their jobs. Too much here. I can't even. I can't even process all of this. Um, and then uh, I understand the Oregonian is forcing its full-time employees oh, to take unpaid four-day dude, furloughs. Did you read that yesterday? Did yes. you read that memo that leaked out? Yes. Oh, you want to talk what, about what just happened? somebody just getting bent over? Okay, well let's back up for a second. 
Um, we have our good friends at uh, at Willamette Week, um, and they and it's not a secret. We're not we're not uh, speaking out of uh, we're not telling any giving anything away. You're not speaking out of school, whatever it is that means. Um, everybody at the org at the Willamette Week. I'm you know what f that. I'm just going to say the Willamette Week, and they'll have to be fine with it. You know, Kelly Clark uh, may be hot and all, but I'm not going to start removing the from a place where it obviously belongs. Um, everybody at the Willamette Week got hit with an eight percent pay cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, to be fair. Uh, because this almost never happens. The management is M- even taking a bigger pay management cut. Management took a 25% pay cut. Uh, so you got to give it up to those guys for leading by example, and I don't mean that in a snarky way. I mean, everybody took 8%, except like Mark Zussman. Um, uh, you know, this is a guy we we uh, we spent some time with. We did the election night coverage. He took 25%, and I think, who, who's the guy above Mark Zussman, or is he the guy? Uh, there's Zussman and there's it's not that Nigel Jaquis guy. No, no, there's think. there's another guy who's like another. But but the, you know, the, but the yeah. two guys at the top took 25 percent off. Everybody else took eight. So I thought that was kind of the, you know I was like well that's pretty bad. And what's weird is Laura and I were we were driving around on Sunday doing something and we were talking about you know what what bad times it is for print media right now. And I said well you know the well, I'm a week and I said that's that's pretty awful. Well, we were you looking know? at spending yesterday and it showed. How much uh, magazines and newspaper advertising are down? And if you've noticed, uh, a lot of the, the ads have gotten a lot bigger, and there are more of them, which I think is, you know, oh, that's a, that's a, two things. It's a gambit to keep sponsors, to keep advertisers, you know, in the print media. And then it's also, you know, an attempt to, I think, I did trying to sort of mask the fact that there's just less content sometimes in print media. And I'm not talking about, like, anybody in particular, well, but across the board, everywhere. you were employees. And well, there are a few... Fewer people on the street actually getting stories. Have you seen like that sad thing that Time Magazine is going to start doing though? No, I, mean, I want to hear about the it. latest sad thing. So well, Time, well, Time Magazine is a thing of the past. Yeah, but, I, but don't you feel bad for Time Magazine well, because it is such yes. an institution? But it's like Look Magazine and Life, and all those went Look, away long ago. It's like a Saturday yeah. Evening Post, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's like Harper's Bazaar. The Time Magazine is doing this thing, which I guess. If they had done this in 1996, it'd be groundbreaking. And everybody would go, by, by God, that Time magazine. They're bellwethers of cool. But now, and I just, it makes me sound like such a jerk. I don't mean to sound snarky about it. It's just, it would have been really revolutionary 10 years ago even. But now it's just, it's just, it's just, it's too little too late. Time magazine's doing this thing where, as I understand it, you can go onto their site, you, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> you create an account. And then you sort of select all of your favorite news stories and articles or whatever, and then they will basically print a custom version of the magazine and mail it to you. So you'll well, like you'll get Time Magazine in the That's mail, cool. but it'll be like a custom version tailored to Sarah Dillon. Well, can you get your own picture on the cover? That'd be even better. Well, I want to get the one with that uh, three dimension, like that hologram globe that they had like in the eighties. I want to be Man of the Year every week. I just <laughs> want to send a thing, Rick Emerson, Man of the Year. But so yeah, see, it's kind of a cool idea, but no, but none of us are going to do it. We all might do it once. Yeah. I mean, we all think it's a great idea. No one will subscribe to that. If they'd done it in 1998, that'd be be unbelievable. That would have been a a real groundbreaking thing. And that was just sort of sad, Um, especially because if you're going to take the time to go online and customize all your news stories, you're just going to go to Google News anyway. And the people who are most likely to subscribe to Time Magazine are older folks, and they're the least likely to spend a lot of time on a website learning how to customize something. It's just not going to work. So... Anyway, but at, but the Oregonian, we'll talk more about this uh, in the next hour. The Oregonian, it's like a huge memo that mm-hmm. Turnabout is Fair Play that the Willamette Week published. Talk about the Oregonian. They are just getting screwed over there. Uh, everybody's down to a four-day work week, and, oh, they're not getting paid for that uh, that day that they're missing. But, but you know, it, they did hang on as long as they could. They must have been severely bruised during the gas crisis, having to deliver all over the state, and that's probably the first hit they took. Yep. 
And printing a newspaper is very expensive. Newsprint, people to print it, people to deliver it. Well, realize that the logging companies are passing along all of the cost of the lumber mm-hmm. to the to the Oregonian because they're having to haul trees everywhere. I can't even imagine how much gas it takes. And if they can afford it here where trees come from, I mean, how can they afford it? That's the a really good point. I mean, how much gas do you suppose it takes to haul like 15 trees somewhere? I mean, Oregon's a, a lot. Oregon's a huge state. Look at it on the map compared to the other states. I mean, uh, you can fit all six New England states inside yeah. of Oregon. So, I mean, they're making, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to make a go of it. But, yeah, they, we'll, we'll have some more highlights or lowlights from that. But that memo is uh, it's pretty unforgiving. So. And the company that owns that is not a publicly traded company. So they held up as long as they could. Mm. 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 All right. Well, doing more with less, Tim. Don't let me forget to tell you about the coolest thing ever when I come back. The coolest thing It really ever. is. No, I say that a lot, but it's true. Remind you when we come You're not going to remind me. <laughs> the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come. Your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica. In stores March 29th. We're going to be giving away a copy every day this week. It is the most intense Guitar Hero yet. We're also throwing in a canister of eco-friendly gaming wipes. You filthy bastards. The only antibacterial design for your gaming gear safely cleans all handheld electronics and your hands, too. Isn't that like an Irish Spring thing? Was it... Something, something for a man, but I like it too. That's Irish Spring, yeah. What? How does that? What is that? What does that even say? Is that a jingle? What do they say in the Irish Spring commercial? No, it's a woman with an Irish accent. Something. Oh, madly yes, but I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little fairy pony. <laughs> that sounded more like Mrs. Doubtfire. You, you do sound like Mrs. Doubtfire. Seriously. <laughs> no, you sound like Mrs. Featherbottom. <laughs> no, that or you or, or what's her name? Uh, Lola from the Charlie and Lola cartoon. That um, you know. That's my. Dude, you sound like Tobias being Mrs. Featherbottom, I swear. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so, wait, so is it, it's manly? So Irish Spring is manly, but she yes, likes it but too. but I like it too. Which is not... I like Irish Spring. That's what I grew up using. But wait a minute. So that is then, that is then an inversion of the, is it secret that is made for, strong enough for a man, but a man, pH but made, balance for a woman. See, it used to be made for a woman. Now it's pH ballot, and no one knows what that means. That's another thing that is that they market to us with. And I, no one in this room certainly knows what a pH balance uh, is. Let's just have no, no illusions about that. All right, and we're too busy to ask. Why was what was I just? Why did I even start talking about Irish you Spring? Told, oh, you told us to remind you about something that I can't remember. Yeah, something exciting, the most <laughs> no, exciting these, thing ever. These gaming wipes. Uh, Gaming wipes is still such an unpleasant phrase. Safely cleans all handheld electronics and your hands too. All right. I think I was trying to do a Good Witch uh, Glenda thing there. I think that's what I was trying to do, where she's floating around and says something about a something or other. Okay. Whatever. We're moving on. Um, I just got to say this before we go to the news desk. My brother James got me the greatest thing, and I am so horrified. I am so embarrassed that I didn't think of this myself, because the thing I've been saying like a billion uh, times a week. And so when we moved over here... From uh, our sister station, uh, now rechristened uh, 970.am, when we moved over to KUFO, my brother got me from Cafe Press. He made me a coffee mug, and in the middle of the mug, it's the greatest, whitest picture you've ever seen of Les Moonves, like giving like a thumbs up, sort of a Buddy Christ thing. Is it an actual photo? It is. No, he, he found a photo of Les Moonves. I don't think he's actually given the thumbs up, but it's like an implied thumbs up. It's sort of like a, hey, you know, way to go, kid. One of those one of those great sort of corporate photos of Les Moonves. And it just says, it brackets it with the Rick Emerson Show, 
doing more with less. L-E-S. It's like the best thing I've ever seen. And I took it out of the box. I'm like, oh, because I was so angry that I hadn't come up with that. And so I emailed him, and I'm like, this is the best mug I've ever received in my life. It's actually in the car. I should bring it in. Oh, what and a I, good brother. And I said, do I, said, do I have your permission to use this phrase, and, like to put it on other things? Because you know what? If, this Christmas, everybody at CBS is getting one of those. Everybody is getting a doing more with less, uh, like a beach towel or a something or other. So just I have to give credit to my uh, brother James. Best mug ever. Well done, my friend. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Well, it's good to know that you and your brother get along so well. Oh, that's kind of sweet. I didn't. I don't really picture you with family. Well, Lara makes me talk to the talk to the mic. So you get along. Oh, I'm well. sorry. Did I just deflate all the uh, all the warm feeling? No, I, I know that you're just uncomfortable with how much you love your brother and how appreciative you are. Uh, well, uh, here's the. I will say this. Here's the the, the, the just not to be all about uh, me and my life and the gazing into my own navel. My brother James, though, he's the exception that proves the rule. I'll leave my oh, mom. He's the good-looking one. Uh, I suppose he's yeah, he's an attractive man. Wait, didn't you say you have a, a good-looking brother? It's like the weightlifter or whatever. Yeah, no, he. Um, this is weird. All right, so there's two things. One, uh, yeah, he's like a weight. You know, he's he's not. A, I mean, he's not like a. He's not like one of those weightlifting guys like the oh my arm uh, that guy. Uh, he's you know he's a he's a shrink and uh, whatever blah 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 blah. But he takes very very good care of himself. He was in the Marines and got into this whole weightlifting kick or whatever. My brother. And to his credit, he's, I don't think he's ever told anybody but me, my wife, and his wife this. I don't think he's ever actually said this because it would make you look like a douche. But he revealed to me at one point that he has exactly the same proportions as Michelangelo's David. That's my brother. Me, I'm just a big spongy, flabby bastard. Uh, I'm like a carrot made out of lard. That's what I look like. Uh, and meanwhile, my brother's like, well, I don't really tell people this, but you know I have the same proportion as uh, Michelangelo's David. Look at me. And I was, okay. I'll leave my mom out of it because my mom is, you know, the, my, you know, my mother's a saint and all that. But in terms of my siblings, they're all useless except for my brother James. He really is the sole intelligent one among it. And I'm including myself in that, by the way. He really is just, he's a, he, it's like, um, it's like the Schwarzenegger-DeVito thing. It, he is Schwarzenegger, the rest of us all DeVito. So uh, anyway, so I, I do speak to him, but really the rest of them, the rest of them are all living on a compound in Texas because they think Obama's the Antichrist and they're busy, you know, d- dressing all the daughters in like ankle length garb and I don't know, like beating them with sticks or something. Here's Tim Riley. Well, investigators now think it is ice that caused that Montana plane crash and not overloading. Three families were killed. One of those killed was that of the Oregon owner of that plane who was waiting for them to arrive at a private millionaires-only camp in Montana when he heard the news on CNN. If you can imagine all that happening. There's a plenty of fresh Octomom drama this morning. First, she fires the volunteer angels in waiting. This is the nursing staff who are working for free. Jesus. She accused them of being spies. Did she clarify for whom they might be spying? Uh, probably for the media, they think. Mm-hmm. All right. Probably like, trying to sell tall tales. I was what. just... Does it... Look, I can't believe it. Here's the thing. I almost don't want to stop and point out the inanity of the Octomom because we're all sort of on the same page. Like, I don't even think these things need to be observed upon. And here I am anyway. What would be the point of spying on someone who seems pathologically incapable of keeping herself off of camera already? You know what I mean? I mean, you get the feeling that if she walks by an ATM or something and there's a security camera, she just has to stand in front of it and start talking. I'm not going to tell you who the father is. Look at my birth canal. You know, she just like like she's incapable of not talking about being the octomom. But but how long is it going to be before somebody finds her lifeless body after an overdose of pills, hanging out of her bed, half naked Marilyn Monroe style? 
Seriously, like, when does she find time to even raise the children she has right now? I don't know. I'm just back to, like, in your, in my head, here's what's happening when you say that, uh, you bastard. You know what's going to happen. You, no, but see... She you, doesn't have to go to Bermuda. It, it's going to happen in Whittier. <laughs> in Whittier. That's where... Does she that, live in Whittier? That's where she is, yeah. Richard Nixon's hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just good Quaker folk here in Whittier and the Octomom. When you say found naked in bed like Marilyn Monroe, the problem with that is, here's what goes on in my head. Stretch marks. Yes, Tim, ugly zipper-like stretch marks that have rendered her unattractive. Stop it. They cause damage to the skin, Tim, and they make your relatives and loved ones run in horror and shame. Um, but when you say the Octomom found dead in bed like Marilyn Monroe, I don't picture Marilyn Monroe as she might have been actually found. I picture that weird thing she did for Playboy where she's on like the red velvet bed, mm-hmm. except then it, it is conflated with that Octomom photo that came out where she's got the pregnancy gut down to here. Mm-hmm. Looks like she's been... She looks like one of those, like the Giger alien uh, queen or something. She's full of alien eggs. And so I'm just picturing her with the huge uh, pregnancy gut on bed, you know, on the bed naked. So thanks for putting that image in my head. Ugh. Part two. Did Gloria Allred frighten the Octobomb's na- nanny? Now, we don't know which nanny this is. But apparently Gloria Allred arrives at the house and someone identifying herself as the nanny calls 911 to ask for a cop to be sent over to chase Gloria Allred away. So here we are. Here's this soundbite. It's got a load here. Yes, I'd like to have somebody removed from the home that I'm at right now. Who is it? Gloria Allred. <laughs> okay, do they live there? No. You're this morning a person removed. Yes. Um, this is the home of Nadia Suleiman, and she's just kind of doing this thing. Okay. She's not authorized to be here. Who are you? I'm a nanny. I'm her nanny. Her nanny. Why is she there? Um, she's an attention That's why she's there. She just walked in, and they really don't want her in the home. Okay. And you've asked her to leave, and she's refusing? Yes, they've asked her to leave already. Who, who has asked her? Is Nadia there? Um, no, she's not here yet, but she's getting ready to come home, and she just doesn't want her in her house when she gets here. Okay. Uh, what is your name? Marcella. And your last name. I mean, the stories are on in the background. Hold on one second, okay, Marcella? Okay. Okay, I'll send someone over as soon as I can. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Who's really in charge here? Gloria Allred is in the home, and she's attacking everyone with her shiny metal pincers. Why would Gloria? So weird. <laughs> Seriously, it sounds like she's. It sounds like she's like a like a like a snake or like a like a moth or something that's gotten in. Mm-hmm. It's like you call animal control. I don't know. There's a, there appears to be a ferret. It's loose in the ductwork. It's like Carl we- back to the Arrested Development thing. It's like Carl Weathers showing up. I'm sorry, Carl Carl Weathers won't leave the house. He's <laughs> no, he's upstairs. He's upstairs. It's all very uh, and Jessica Hahn is in the bathroom and they just they won't get out. If you could just send somebody by to. Maybe to, could you spray for them or something? Maybe give maybe give the house a good uh, good exterminating. Yes, you're the host of the program. It's your move. <laughs> I I'm weighing this next question Are you because still I think about her naked in bed. No, oh. no, no. I'm thinking about now. I'm thinking about Gloria Allred, but it's like in my head she's scuttling around on all fours like a like some sort of a, like a like a vermicious crab. And she's got like she a tail. She has anteater tongue. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> and then she's running into a corner. Like, you come up, Gloria Allred, where are you? You know, and then they, like, you turn on the light, and she's like, and then she runs and hides in a closet somewhere, like under a shoe. 
So I'm weighing, lapping a fly swatter around, trying to. Get... <laughs> Seriously, and the guy, the guy has the old, the old school, the old school spraying thing, where it's the, it's the huge coffee can cylinder, with the big handle. What are you doing? Ah, Gloria Allred was here again today. I just. You know, I set traps, and she just won't stay out. Can you call Stanley Steamer and tell him we need to get rid of Gloria Allred? Can you get Terminex in here right away, please? There's just something. Gloria Allred is here. And, you know, where Gloria Allred is, Shapiro's will follow. <laughs> so I'm weighing the fact that Jim Roop is going to be up in like 15 minutes mm -hmm. against my desire to ask more questions like now. One question. No, because this prompts so much more. I guess we'll just wait. So, uh, when is Rube coming up? Uh, pretty soon. Oh, yeah. like five minutes from uh -huh. now. Okay, so so we'll have. Well, I guess we'll have more all red news around the corner. Wow. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is five zero three seven three three two nine seven. I told you it was going to be a busy day. And she has like a stinging tail thing that comes up too, like in my mind's eye. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, ladies and gentlemen. It's the White Stripes on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. For Lupe as well. The new housekeeper of the agency sent me over. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't call it. Oh, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Felidia Featherbottom, and I can cook, and I can clean, and I can take care of the little ones. I can also uh, sing a song or two <laughs> if it comes in handy. <clears throat> when you put a squirt of frosting on your throat before we take a meditation. Tobias had gained access to the studio's wardrobe and makeup department. He was eager to both see his daughter and prove to his wife that he had what it took to be an actor. It was the exact plot of the film Mrs. Doubtfire. There was also some Mary Poppins in there. Let's get this house cleaned up. Wow. I forgot how awkward that is. And amazing. Rick Emerson radio program on Rock 101 KUFO. Stop. You sound exactly like him. Yeah, I thought I was doing something else there, but I guess I guess really it, it's good that I only uh, you it's know. It's doing that in green jello. <laughs> okay. It's 503-733-2970. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent James Roop. Hello, sir. Yes, my king. How are you? I'm fantastic. See, now I don't even know if Glenda Goodwitch... Is it Glenda Goodwitch or Goodwitch Glenda? What is the name of the witch in, in The Wizard of Oz? I do not know. That floats around in the, in the pink thing and then it's the all like... Yeah, and says, you know, hello! Ah! Or is that the lollipop guild that has the weird <laughs> vibrate voice? Because it's like, I look at like, in my head, they all just sort of merge into one weird cacophony of twittering sound. I realize now that Twitter is a thing that I can no longer use it with its intended purpose because it's been uh, taken over by 14-year-olds and CBS Radio who are monetizing this exciting new revenue stream. That's why John Mayer and uh, what's-her-name from Friends broke up because he's addicted to it. Really? Yes. Is that no way. Uh -huh. <laughs> also, to, uh, also to banging other hot women, but yeah. uh, the Twitter thing, more or less. Hi, Jim. How's life in Los Angeles today? Fine, thank you. So 
Let me ask you this. Have you heard the, have you heard this 911 call with the woman calling and saying, Glory already to my house. You have to come get her out. Yeah. Doesn't it sound like she's talking about some weird species of scorpion or cockroach that she discovered or underneath mold, a shoe? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Plastic mold in the house. I, yeah, the way you, the way you, you picture when you hear this 911 call, like this the listener email says this, Rick... When I hear the 911 call I'm uh, about Gloria Allred, I'm picturing a scorpion with her face attached, you know, <laughs> s- like sitting underneath a countertop, looking up with glittering evil eyes. Or a shark. Yeah, I mean, like, how would Gloria Allred, did she come in through, the, and Tim was speculating that she came in through the ductwork or something, through a crawl space. No, no, she was there when the babies came home that night, um, and that's when uh, Suleiman called the police because of the, the paparazzi that was out there, plus the legitimate press, if you want to call them that. Uh, everybody else uh, that was out there, and then so many people in the house. She just wanted to clear the house, so she just and Gloria already wouldn't go apparently. <laughs> and so you know, cause, and, and what the the attorney for Suleiman said is that you know everybody thinks they're important and won't leave. <laughs> this, so she just fired everybody. <laughs> this house is fantastic. I mean, I know. Let me just be for the record, by way of a preamble. I know. What about the children? Da 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 da. da. That not at this point, I don't care. Yeah, Notwithstanding, this house is gold. I want cameras in every room, shooting at every angle right you know, now. There are, there are childless parents who are dying to adopt. We got eight. We can hand out today. I mean, you know, and the fact that like there's the, the and I guess there's more than one nanny, right? This is just well, this is like nanny number four oh, yeah, or no, something. There's, there's two sets of them. There's the set. There's the six that uh, Gloria Allred <laughs> and her organization, Angels in Waiting, are providing. And then there are the nannies and nurses that are provided by the hospital. So you got this this collision of helping hands uh, involved in these in the care of these eight plus. Well, there's only four at the house now, plus the other six that are there. You got ten kids in the house now. And I picture that Gloria already is all. She's like the Kramer and whatnot. She's like the like the the zany across the hall neighbor that sort of comes over to get a cup of Marching sugar and through then, the door. Then won't leave. Got any milk, Jerry? Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm here to sue you and file yeah. torts of various natures. <sighs> you know, and then everybody laughs. Yeah, geez, God. Almighty. And so then set. Nanny set number two calls 911 because Gloria Allred, who's like a stubborn legal stain of some kind, yeah. can't be gotten out of the sofa. So did the cops come and kick her out? Well, that's I'm – I'm unclear. But Boy, Gloria imagine Allred being said, the poor bastard that has to go uh, like forcibly remove Gloria Allred from someplace. Look, Gloria Allred is five foot nothing. But when she looks in, in, in probably a hundred and nothing. Into your soul is and where she, she looks. And, and it, man, because I've asked her questions that have gotten that stare. And when you get that stare, it just, it burns you from the inside out. <laughs> it's like, it's is seriously, it, man. Is it, do you feel, as Nietzsche said, uh, when you look into the abyss, the abyss also looks into you? Is oh, that's... yes. That's exactly how, and, and, and I got, and I got to tell you, whoever, however big that cop is, however big his gun was, whatever, he probably shrunk down nothing when she gave him that stare. It, it says here, the cops give the story that Gloria agreed to leave the house and wait outside for Nadia. Then, Gloria tells a different story. The officers came and went, and she remained in the yeah. house. Allred said, when uh, the Arctic mom arrived, I was asked uh, whether or not she wanted me to leave the house. She said, absolutely not. She wanted me to stay here. <laughs> yeah, well, and then we hear the 911 call, yeah. and now Gloria Allred says she's going to hold a news conference this afternoon to give us the true facts. Please tell me she's <laughs> holding a conference on the front lawn. 
boy. Now it'll be at her office. And you know the best thing about it is like when the cop like when the cop forcibly takes her, you know, they they whatever they they put her outside the house. In my mind's eye, she's just sort of immediately she's down on the ground digging a hole like a trapdoor spider. You know what I mean? All right, I guess you know, she just begins tunneling through some instinctive, uh, you know, some instinctive, uh, uh, you know, sort of urge that she has. You know, but being called whoever you are, like having to go have any kind of a confrontation with Gloria Allred, that's like being the cop that has to go, uh, you know, like bust Rodney King for yeah, something exactly. at this point. I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, just suppose Rodney King could just go inside and just set fire to a Walmart or something, and they'd be like, well, I. Well, we'll give you this one, Rodney. I mean, nobody wants to be the guy that gets that call. No. Good God Almighty. So it'll be interesting to see what Gloria has to say this afternoon. I've not gotten the release uh, about what time or even if this is actually true she's going to be holding this news. As, as soon as the press conference is done, though, you know that there's like a set of six black spindly legs that'll come out and then she'll scuttle away to the side. <laughs> After she devours three men in the room. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, when the press conference is over, she won't leave the room. She'll just call. So, so sort of crawl off sideways and then go up to a corner up in the ceiling and peer down at everybody and her tongue will flick well, out. I got to tell you this. The last news conference she had about this whole thing um, back when she when uh, when Nadia Suleiman denied or didn't or refused the help anyway, she had this news conference. No, no, it was the Morgan Freeman news conference. You remember that one? Was sure. She, okay. So, and usually, um, all of a sudden, Allred, like, appears in the room. I, I never see her in a puff the room. of black smoke. Yeah, but but that time, I actually saw her come through a door. So, I know she's human. So, she doesn't just sort of apparate uh, like right. a Harry Potter character of some kind. <laughs> exactly. But that was, the, uh, that was the first thing I thought when I was she actually walks through it. Well, that was our thing when they were like, Gloria Allred's in the house, which is sort of like in that movie, The Babysitter, where they go like, the phone calls are coming from upstairs. It's Gloria Allred. <laughs> and Tim was saying like, well, don't they have doors and locks and windows? And I was speculating that maybe she came in through like cracks in the floor as some sort of an acrid uh, black cloud. Uh, and then, you know, and then sort of assumes human form once she's inside. It, I think it's like that door. in the. I happen to have come into that news conference late. So I was ushered toward the back of the room. Uh, behind where she usually speaks at that table, and uh, it's it's like that door in the in the Oval Office that looks like part of the wall. Mm -hmm. I think she comes through a door that looks like the wall, so you can't. It, it's not a, a definite looking door. So she has, it really is freaky. She's engineer kind of a zoom kind of a here I yeah. am here. She's like two to beam up sort of a thing. Yeah, she pulls the head of Shakespeare down, turns a little knob, and <laughs> bingo, the bat signs come out. Uh, well, it's your best morning ever. We were speculating what it must have been like uh, for you to wake up. You got back-to-back -back Octobomb and Phil Spector today. So it's Beautiful, like your, baby. your best day ever. <laughs> um, so so I guess, what is it, closing arguments today? Well, they started yesterday. And uh, the, so the prosecution had its arguments yesterday. The defense gets theirs today. And then, then the uh, prosecution gets another shot, a rebuttal are closing. And then the jury could get the case tomorrow. You know what this Phil Spector thing is like? It's like when you, uh, like in the old days, when you would have a record player going, and he would he would wake up, uh, you know, the next morning having fallen asleep, and it's still in that runoff groove, and it's just going boom, 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 and you come back like a week later, and it's still playing. That's the thing. It's like we're at the end, but it's just going on and on and on and on and on. Uh, I mean, I don't even really care about the outcome at this point. I just, I, I have to say, I've moved, I'm no longer invested in anything that happens to Phil Spector. I just don't care. Uh, are there any other celebrity trials coming up? Is this when this Phil Spector thing wraps? Is that it? Are we done? I think we're done for a while. Well, it's about time for somebody to shoot somebody. Uh, or, or get caught drinking and driving or something. And, of course, I mean shoot them a smile. That's uh, that's what I'm talking about right there. Of course.
God. I mean, if only so Gloria already has something to do when the Octomom is inevitably put in a crazy house. Oh, come on. She's like the shark in Jaws. She'll be around. Well, she has to keep moving. She has to keep moving or she sinks like a stone. That's very uh, and then, you know, and, you know and, then you, and then you cut her over later and you find a rocking chair inside. Just real quickly as we, as we wrap this up, all kidding aside, don't you think it's inevitable that the Octomom is they're just going to come and they're going to put a net over her and just stick her in a, in a home somewhere to look at her for a while? You know, I, I think the first time one of those kids get hurt, they'll they'll drag her away. If, I mean, and, uh, you know, and obviously, even if they fall down and skin her, skin their knees. And that's the thing; nobody nobody wants that to happen. But you got to figure just just the mathematics of it means yeah. you can't be keeping an eye on the kids all the time. Well, once she finishes changing one, she's going to have to change another real fast. So at some point, someone's going to get a severe case of diaper rash at the very least, and that's going to be grounds enough for uh, neglect. And and someone's going to take those kids away from her, and she's going to wind up going nuts. And either in the hospital or something worse. Of course, the other thing is now that Gloria Allred is the uh, Gloria Allred is sort of a fixture in the house. I'm picturing morning there, where like Gloria Allred is shuffling out in like a bathrobe with a coffee cup and sort of a morning Sam, morning Ralph kind of. And she's Where's saying the coffee. And she's saying hello to Anderson Cooper, who has an entire satellite crew on the couch. <laughs> And they're all kind of bickering over whether they're going to watch uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and TBS or Degrassi <laughs> Junior High. Good God. Oh, man, that's, that's a sitcom waiting to happen. That's what I'm saying. All right. Uh, Jim Roop, as Dude. always, enjoy your day to whatever extent that's possible. I promise I will. Right, thank you, sir. There you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. It's been quite a morning already, hasn't it? It has indeed. All right, Tim, uh, we will have uh, more headlines and so forth on the way. Going to be giving away another copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Later on, uh, Katie Darrell from TMZ, Don Taylor from Cinematical. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Rick Emerson Show returns. Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. It is... 503-733-2970. What? Tuesday morning. Thank you for joining us. It's 11 minutes before 7 o'clock. Uh, coming up in the next hour, Don Taylor from Cinematical. Don't forget we're going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica at some point this morning. The most intense Guitar Hero yet. Going to be playing Spot the Fake Metal lyrics for your chance to win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Uh, included in that, of course, is a canister of eco-friendly gaming wipes. Safely cleans all, handheld electronics, and uh, your hands as well. So that's coming up. Katie Darrell from TMZ. More headlines with Tim Riley. I just want to make this one small observation. Richie Bristol, our uh, production assistant, who theoretically, anyway, uh, comes here bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, screens calls, gets to the Certainly podcast taken care of. He's excited about um, going to mornings. Uh, well, I think that he's excited about going to mornings, but he forgets that he's also excited about you know, he's excited about his nightlife as well, specifically the bowling last night. And I know you bowled, but then you went home and you were a responsible adult and you went to bed and you got a game into work and you got, you got your game face on. I even not went to happy hour yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing the game face. Richie today is wearing a shirt from The Gap that on the front still has the little sticky thing that says the size. Are you serious? Richie Bristol, please come into the studio. I'm not going to find the theme. We'll just uh, it would just be it just be too much at this point because and you can't I, take off the sticky thing. I don't want I don't want to ruin the the glory of Richie's uh, of Richie's vocal oh styling gosh. today. Look at that. Yeah, look right there on the front is like the big uh, sort of the the clear <laughs> cellophane <laughs> adhesive strip on the front that says M. Yeah. Medium though. Yeah. All right. Hold Sir, on. you're supposed to tell me these things. 
I didn't see it. I haven't seen you at all. You've just been kind of trudging around on one. And by the way, he came into the studio during the last break. I think you were in the kitchen or something. Tim and I were here. And Richie came in for reasons that even now elude me and was making some sort of note over on the dry erase board. And it wasn't like he was even talking to Tim or I. It was just like this weird open-ended stream of slurred uh, syllables and vowels that were coming out and sort of like, ah. all right, have you taken the thing off your shirt? Yeah. Thanks, I think maybe Sarah. he's just proud of his new uh, like, are you be, loss of are you, weight. Are you getting ready to bowl with Obama? Is that what this is about, he Richie? He wants to show everybody yeah. that he's down to a medium. I'm down to a medium. Down to a medium. That's very good, Richie. I think your speech center <laughs> is down to a small. Richie. <laughs> what? Oh. Okay. What's going on with your mouth? Oh, it's I'm lazy. You don't sound. Uh, you sound like somebody who'd be wandering around a Greyhound bus station. You really do. Oh, great. Right. You look perky. You just don't sound it. I know. I'm just uh, on energy save mode. Like, you need to start drinking coffee. You, it's uh, your you should retire to your. Uh, well, you should retire to your. So, call somebody should rattle your mouse and get you going uh, again. Don't wake me up. Please don't talk about rattling Richie's mouse. Good night. Thank you. That's yeah, Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, this email says... I'll fire that kid. Yes. <laughs> about Gloria Allred. Rick, I find your radio show disturbing. In the imagination of your listeners, one thing leads to another. Now, to the sound of a Foley artist rattling a bunch of bones in a sack. I'm picturing Ann Coulter and Gloria Allred thrashing about in the throes of passion. That'd be great. This will haunt my otherwise pristine and beautiful mind. You are a fiend. Uh, let's see. Here's another one. Gloria Allred is a scorpion. How about this one? Rick, I am a Fargo, North Dakota listener listening online right now. Hello to you, uh, Deanna. Uh, listening to your conversation about your experiences here in Fargo. While I could cite many, uh, many positives about living in and raising a family in this frozen tundra, I thought instead I'd share how the associates around me are now thinking I'm smoking some sort of wacky weed this morning because you had me laughing. Uh, I was ticked when I lost my morning radio show. He's referring to Corolla, maybe. Um, but left it on the station to give you a chance. I've come to appreciate your wit and intelligent insights, however warped they may be. Question, where do you find your energy? I can't even listen as fast uh, as your show moves at times. I am envious. Yes, we are bracing for the flooding of the Red River. Uh, and uh, this just says, have a great day, Deanna. Well, thank you, Deanna. The we answer is crack. We're all on crack. Yeah, the secret ingredient is drugs, Deanna. At the news desk, the secret ingredient is Tim. In the news with Tim Riley. Now investigators think it was ice that caused that Montana plane crash and not overloading. One of the families killed was that of the Oregon owner of that very same plane who was waiting for them to arrive at a millionaire's only camp in Montana when he heard the news on CNN. Wow, that's, that's just spooky, isn't uh, it? Mm -hmm. you know, we get, I would say we get about every seven years, we get a really uh, spooky plane story, plane crash. Although I guess we've had two already this year. We had the Hudson River thing. Mm -hmm. Do you remember, God, it was like maybe ten years ago, something like, you remember that plane that flew all the way across country even though the guy was dead? Oh, yeah. Who was in it? It was like a senator or something, wasn't no, it? No, no, it was a golfing guy. That's right. I was confused the two. It was a golfing pro of some... I forget his name. I don't, can't think of his name. It was a weird name. Yeah, don't call. Don't eat. It I was don't... flying by itself, and another Air Force plane flew by to look in the window. And the guy was slumped over. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't call to clarify. I no one cares. Uh, we were but, on the air when it happened. Yeah, but it, like, and it flew, I don't know, across five different states or something on mm -hmm. autopilot. Because of it, like a cabin leak or a heart attack, whatever. And the guy was just, you know, kind of like Captain Over. Well, just, it sucked yeah. all the air out of the compartment, so it made everybody pass out and they died. Yeah, that's and, what happened. And oh. it was just kind of. You don't remember this? No. It was a. It was a plane. A, a private plane. It was a private plane. There was some. They lost pearl. Uh, pressure in the cockpit, as Tim said. Uh, oxygen sucked out. It they sucks, all. Yeah, it sucks the air right out of your brain. They lost consciousness, and the pilot was just slumped over the uh, whatever the, the controls. Plane was an automatic pilot, and it kept flying. And it just flew until it ran out of dead. gas, I think, and then it just crashed. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. It was freaky, and they showed the path in USA Today, and it was like a, across the whole West Coast. Mm -hmm. It was very unnerving.
Oh, that semi that overturned yesterday around this time and closed on I-5 southbound. It was carrying soy sauce. The driver was not injured. Attention, Sarah Dillon. The results of the naked photo shoot of Bo Breedlove, the mayor's youthful plaything, may be seen <laughs> April 7th when the magazine hits the newsstand. I do have a picture of the cover, which is him dressed, well, mostly. I was looking at, website, the, at your website. At RileyLive.com, if you ladies Hold and, on, let me and gay listeners want to take a look at that. RileyLive.com. Wait, so this is... Oh, he looks dirty, but in a kind of sexy way. That's what, That's the way the mayor likes him in the magazine. <laughs> Portland, Oregon. Nobody else is around. Where the mayor likes them dirty. Meet me at the restroom at City Hall. He does look more manly, though, than he has in other um, pictures of him. Well, because he's not greased up. I mean, really, it helps that he's not wearing a Speedo and walking ankle deep in the surf. (laughs) And he has that five o'clock shadow. He has that look of innocence. You know what he looks like? He doesn't look innocent. (laughs) He looks like a hot gay Job from Arrested Development. What's with us in Arrested Development today? I love it. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, If you look right now, he just. I've made a huge mistake. That's uh, making could, lots of money. You could you could see uh, you could see this sort of now uh, unzipped. Is this a now is this a, a porn magazine? Is it a news magazine? What does I, it do I, with I don't this? think it's like Time magazine. But it, it, not, would be, it would be Time magazine for the unzipped crowd. But this I isn't like unzipped.net. Uh, this is what is that magazine inches? This isn't like that or something. This isn't like Playboy, right? Um, yeah. If you go to unzipped.net, I think you you find out what kind of magazine. But I mean, it is. is it is it like Maxim or something? In other words, it's not you know, like. It wouldn't have the same audience as Maxim. Here's, okay, but let me let me ask you this. Here's the three. Uh, like, for example. It's like a Playgirl. There's looks- Maxim, there's Playboy, there's Hustler. You know what I mean? Those are the three levels. Maxim, Playboy, Hustler. Is this, this looks like maybe Playboy? Playboy. Uh, a not, little bit dirtier. Not uh-huh. Hustler. Yeah, he uh, he's wearing, uh, is he wearing like a leather messenger bag or something? This is so weird. Well, I, I think it was a messenger for the mayor at one time. I, uh, I've got a delivery for you. Uh, Meet me in the restroom at City Hall. <laughs> I have Nobody a pa- will know. Package for you, sir. Package for you. Mm-hmm. Package. Whatever. So he appears to be nude, except for a leather bike bag and a necktie that he sort of got rakishly uh, sort of strung around his neck. Was it on his uh, MySpace page where there was the, uh, it was like all the photos of him like, like a village person wearing like his pants unbuttoned and unzipped, and he's all, hey, look oh, at me. Oh, shiny my... with the cowboy hat? Look at me, and I, I'm shirtless with a cowboy hat on. I'm an innocent. I work for the mayor. <laughs> it's part of the internship program. <laughs> oh, wow. Is, the, is the, uh, the slogan for this magazine really giving headlines? That's what it says, doesn't it? That's wonderful. That's unzipped. By the way, you can uh, see the cover of the new unzipped magazine at Riley Live. Dot com as Bo Breedlove uh, posted. So this isn't like a Portland magazine. This is a national magazine. Yeah, it's a national magazine. All right, there you go. Bo Breedlove reveals all. Fantastic. Well, I'll buy it. You know, it's almost all. Oh, yeah. you will? Okay, I don't want to borrow it from you then. No, no, no. I, I'm oh. sure it's going to sell out all over town. Oh, wait a minute now. It says, I'm looking at the headline. It says, fresh from his affair with Portland's mayor, Bo Breedlove reveals all. And then in, in print that you can almost not read, it says, mm-hmm. well, almost. almost. Yeah. So am I getting kind of teasing you? So now, am I not going to? We don't even get to see the. We're goods? not even going to get the goods. But you're going to have to buy That's the magazine. No, I mean seriously. I mean, it, look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, good enough for the mayor, good enough to look. Well, at. you got to be the mayor to get the goods. <laughs> well, Tim, I think I know what I'm running for in about four months. Hey, what happens if they bounce Sam Adams out? What? 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 what who becomes the mayor at that point? I guess one of the councilors. Do we even? Is that? Is that true? Or are you just bluffing because you know that I'm dumb and don't know the difference? Well, no, I'm dumb too at this one. Okay. You well, some guy becomes the mayor, but it's not. But they don't I mean, have to have the candidates. Do they have a new election? 
Yeah, I guess they would. So do we get to vote uh, for all new? In other words, could I run for mayor in four months? Yes. That might change uh, you know, my, my stance on this whole thing if I can become leader of the city. I mean, why not? Why not? All right, so there you go. Well, if you go to Riley Live, you can uh, you can see that. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So here's the story that we told you about a little while ago. Jennifer Aniston dumps John Mayer over his Twitter addiction. Aniston told Star Magazine that the last draw was when he claimed to be busy working, yet he posted messages constantly on Twitter, she says. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, she is fuming, apparently. He's what? telling her he doesn't have time for her, yet he's updating every few minutes on Twitter. What do you suppose he's updating? Unlikable shrew in the kitchen keeps glaring at me. <laughs> Pot roast will be burned again. Tonight. He has a lot of time for Twittering. Twitter, but can't even spend a small amount of time with me or even call or email. Her chin Jennifer. seems to be pointier every day. Man, I've seen John Mayer in person close up, and he is not an attractive man. No, he seems like, and he seems greasy. He's, he's greasy. His head was huge, and his like features look disproportionate in, in life. Then he, over the uh, weekend, Ashton Kutcher put a picture of his wife, Demi, on Twitter. Her derriere is shown in a white bikini bottom. No one cares. She's like 100 years old, and she was pregnant uh, and nude on the cover of Vogue. I've seen it all. It's uh, really, and hey, you, you know who's, a... who's not uh, pregnant is Michelle Obama. Dissing rumors that she may indeed be pregnant. Did she diss them? Yes, she did. All right. The Can you imagine for a moment, because when you teased this story earlier today, I was thinking about you because it's a story that came out that she's pregnant. Have we ever had, wait, let me, have we ever had a, a, a first couple or whatever they're called have a, have a baby while they're, while they're in office? I mean, uh, in our time, oh, not like in like 1712 or whatever, but I well, mean. Well, it was, it was stillborn. It was uh, Jackie Kennedy. I, oh. that doesn't really count. Yeah, I mean, in terms of media, you know what I'm talking about. That that was as close as something like that. I mean, well, this conversation turned dark all of a sudden. I guess the point I'm making, I was leading up to this before everything went awkward and icky, is that can you imagine? Can you imagine the media frenzy? That would I mean, be you, great. Do you think that that guy is just a rock star now? Can you imagine the press? Uh, if the Obamas had a kid while they were in the White House. I mean, it would just be well, unreal. Well, it's the way to re-election if the economy keeps going down the tubes. Now that's, I come up with the greatest wow, ideas. You really do. <laughs> that is fantastic. Aren't you glad you're hiring me back again? I, Tim, Every day. never more so than today. And that's saying something. Okay, there you go, Barack Obama. That's your free idea for the day. Knock the, her up. The economy continues to suck. <laughs> uh, you get your, uh, get your, you know, get your baby on there. And that'll... Uh, That'll win over the voters for at least another term. All right, this is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Just a couple uh, quick programming notes, as they say. Tomorrow, we'll be talking with Michael McKeon, who's coming to town with Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer as part of the Unwigged and Unplugged tour. So it's not, and they're not coming as Spinal Tap uh, or, or even as like the, you know, the guys from uh, Mighty Wind. They're just kind of coming as themselves, but they're doing sort of an overview of, of Spinal Tap stuff, Mighty Wind stuff, uh, other stuff from their career. So Christopher Guest, Michael McKeon, and Harry Shearer, they're going to be uh, in town April 19th, I believe, at the Keller. I could be mangling these, uh, these uh, talking points. Hold on. Wait. 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 What are you doing? Wait. I'm trying to find the date that they're going to be in Portland. What well, doesn't matter? Because Michael McKeon's going to be on tomorrow. That's what you care about right now. So Michael McKeon tomorrow and Thursday, Jeff Tate from Queensryche. Uh, later on today, your chance to win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. 
when we play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. Tim Riley with uh, headlines ahead and so forth. This, however, is Don Taylor, who writes film musings and DVD reviews, observations, and news for Cinematical. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello, Rick Everton. How are you? I'm peachy. Are you How excited are you? about Michael McKeon? I am. I actually did a little dance. <laughs> I, I saw it. That. Me too. I, <laughs> so I got the email yesterday. I was like, would you like to talk to Michael McKeon? And then it was the great thing where Lisa Wood had sent the Michael McKeon thing out. And then, like, they don't even wait for you to say yes, because they just know what your answer is going to be. Uh, and so I was, because Harry Shearer is great. Uh, Harry Shearer is fantastic. He does the Simpson voices or whatever, but, and a million different things. But because of that, you hear him interviewed all the time. Whereas some of the other guys, I think it's very easy to be overshadowed by that. So, and Michael McKean was, he was Lenny and Squiggy yes. and the Brady Bunch movie, not to mention Adam Sandler's magnum opus, Airheads. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Ah, Okay. Let us plunge headlong into uh, the DVD stuff by talking about Andy Richter Controls the Universe, which, is this uh, like a box set of the whole thing? It's the whole series? It, it is. Was... It's a box, a box set of the entire series and more. Um, I don't know if, if your uh, listeners are unfamiliar with it. Uh, Andy Richter, who was Conan O'Brien's sidekick uh, in the early days of the show, he uh, did a show in 2002 for Fox called Andy Richter Controls the Universe, which is one of the funniest TV shows Ever. By the way, I still reference that show because if you ever hear me say the phrase, and then we danced, 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 that comes from Andy Richter Controls the Universe, which is sad because I'm referencing something that is niche and like a niche within a niche and from seven years ago that like no one ever saw. Yeah, it was a, a bizarre, surreal sort of, like you, you mentioned uh, off the air, like Arrested Development, that kind of smartness of the comedy, but also the surreal aspect because you know, he plays a guy who's working in a job he hates. He really a, wants to be a short story writer, but he's stuck in this corporate job, has a crush on the receptionist at the place, and he's narrating his daily life, yeah. plus has fantasies when he has conversations and things happen of how how much more interesting it would be if something happened, like in one episode... Uh, He's trying to figure out a way to make himself more lovable, and he fantasizes himself wearing a suit of puppies. <laughs> and it is, and you actually see him wearing an entire suit that is covered with live puppies. It's hard to believe that Middle America didn't embrace that with everything <laughs> in them. But, oh, it was absolutely hilarious. And it has uh, never been on DVD. It's coming out on DVD today. Uh, a box set of all of the episodes, all 14 episodes, plus five that didn't air. So if you are a fan of the show and you've seen them and you want to see them again... There's actually five shows that never made it onto the air. I like what I'm hearing. It's like when he bought that, uh, I remember Clerks, the animated series, which I think was, a, man, that was like a dark three-year period there where they were just canceling everything I liked. It was, it was as though I actually had the power. I was sort of like the typhoid Mary, I think, of television viewers, because all I had to do was embrace something and I would kill it. And so I would, oh, I love this Clerks series. Oh, it's Dead. Uh, I love Andy Richter, and I've killed it. I had arrested developed sports night, <laughs> and everything uh, that I was uh, that I liked as a viewer just was immediately killed off by the networks. I remember Clerks, the animated series, was exactly the same way. Where when they put it out on DVD, I remember watching it and thinking, "Well, wait a minute, this isn't the same series that I uh, that I saw on television. What's going on here?" And what had gone on there is that ABC, when they had aired the Clerks animated show, which was fantastic, which was very, very well done. I mean, really, probably the best and funniest thing that Kevin Smith has ever has ever been associated with. Yeah, I'm not even a particular fan of the first Clerks film, and the animated series was so good. It was brilliant, but ABC chose to air it out of order. And so 
and the series happens more or less chronologically. But ABC was like, ah, screw that. Let's put episode five first, and then episode one, which sets everything up ninth, and never air half of them. It's just a little cartoon. No one will notice. No one will care. Total. And so there's a chance to see uh, Andy Richter controls the universe, and then five extra episodes is uh, that is fantastic. Yeah. That's is this a show that uh, for listeners unfamiliar? First of all, I suggest that if before you pop the thirty bucks, if you're unsure, go to YouTube. Uh, there's a number of clips on YouTube that you can see little scenes from it and go, oh, wow, this is funny. But it's, uh, you know, 2002 pre The Office and uh, the same sort of sometimes sort of cringe inducing Mm -hmm. skewering of political correctness. Like one episode is all about how Andy Richter gets a super hot girlfriend and then discovers that she hates Jews. And he has to de- he has to decide if that's good enough reason to break up with her. And it has that uh, the same sort of as you said cringe inducing where it's the comedy that hurts. I mean, in my I've always said it's not it's not truly funny until someone is angry or crying. <laughs> so uh, and well anyway, I can gush about Andy Richter, but I uh, but I shan't because as you uh, as you noted, he's you know making the comeback with Conan and all that. Quantum of Solace comes out today, which I don't really care about all that much because no. I didn't find it to be that gripping of a film. But No, you know, it's, it's not. But because Quantum of Solace is coming out, um, the James Bond Ultimate Collector set, uh, which was every single James Bond movie ever made, is no longer Ultimate because it ends at Casino right. Royale. So if you go on Amazon today, and I'm saying this is someone who gets not a dime from Amazon, but if you go to Amazon, their gold box deal of the day, there's the little picture of the gold box at the top of the screen, and you click on it, uh, is that Ultimate Collector set. It's a DVD of every single James Bond movie in the series up through the new Casino Royale. Uh, retails for two eighty nine ninety eight. Today only, it is eighty nine ninety five. Okay, so that explains, and I, I'm not pimping for Amazon either, but I that explains why that wire collection was so um, was so cheap. So, they, so what's the deal? They highlight something. Is it every day they just pick something yeah, and it's like and it's eighty percent off? They've got yeah, they've got some super deals on, and you go, you know, what is it today? It's like oh, I don't need a car vac, you know. So, but yes, but yes, today it's actually something on. cool and a Floby. <laughs> Um, and, a, but, and a sleep blanket that no, no, no. covers my whole... It's a slanket. I heard somebody <laughs> say the best thing about the slanket the other day. There was uh, some of the uh, the jamming guys who kind of work uh, the, sort of at the, back in the office by where I do. And they were having some, like a really heated argument about the slanket, like where it became, like it escalated to nuclear levels almost immediately because it started as just like the Snuggie versus the slanket. And then this other guy entered the room and he actually just sort of threw down the gauntlet of saying, just buy a bathrobe. And then he just let it sit there, and, like, nobody really had a response to it. And I think that was something that had actually never occurred to people. So, like, uh... Well, no, because I, I actually thought about buying one of these for you as a welcome to KUFO gift, and I went online. They're, like, $45. No, no, no. Like, See, you know, put on a pair of sweatpants. The key, it's, it's like buying, um, it's just getting a bathrobe at Goodwill that is, uh, like, five sizes too large. That yeah. is sort of the slanket. Uh, Sarah and I were talking about Fred Meyer, and Fred Meyer has... The, the whole as seen on TV section because uh, Tim was noting that you know the ShamWow. Where were you saying the ShamWow was at? Wal- Walgreens. Walgreens. Yeah. So you go to Fred Meyer. They got uh, ShamWow, Slap Chop, Petty Paws, which alternately fascinates and terrifies me because there's that commercial where it shows you know, don't be a terrible, cruel dog owner, and it shows like. Oh, my friend Lisa has one of those, and she swears by it. The, but you and know, she's a fussy dog too. I don't see my dog going for that, grinding <laughs> down her. Here I'm coming at her foot. It's I, like putting your dog's paws into a lathe. Yeah. But there's that TV commercial they show for the petty paws thing, 
where it's like, do you inadvertently lop off the ends of your pet's feet? And it shows using, like, you know, the old method, because that's the infomercial formula, is they say, uh, you know, does this happen to you? And they show the problem, and it's always just some vastly exaggerated version of something that might go wrong with an earlier version of a product. And they show the woman going to clip the dog's toenails, but it's done in this sort of terrible, like... It's done in that same kind of animation that they use in primatine ads to show, like, the big arrows going into your lungs to reduce uh, clogging in your alveoli sacs or whatever. But they show the woman going to trim the dog's toenails, and then it's, it's like she, she's just cutting off, like, half an inch off the end of all the dog's toes, and then there's the big red lightning bolts of pain. Oh, yeah. And so you watch it, and you go, like, I'm such a terrible person. I have to buy the petty paws now. So they sell the petty paws, the slap chop, the shamwow, and then the slanket right underneath it, and the slanket is fantastic because it's the one that shows them using the slanket with, as Borat would say, the big dangling wizard sleeves, right above a campfire. They're all, all like yeah. they're all like yeah. roasting marshmallows, and their sleeves are just inches from open flame. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever seen. But I saw that slap chop commercial last night, by the way, and, and it's mesmerizing with the guy just doing the whole eeny meeny jelly beanie bikini. Look, it's an onion. Like what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And let's not I forget the uh, the slap chop. You're gonna love my nuts. Yeah, <laughs> I dig that guy. Uh, so the gold uh, the gold box. Special at Amazon is every James Bond film up, up until the first one. It doesn't have is, is Casino Royale. No, the first one it doesn't have is Quantum of Solace. Oh, Quantum of Solace. It's actually uh-huh. through the uh, Craig uh, uh, Casino Royale. Uh, I will say just my one thought on Quantum of Solace is this: great film, and I think that guy makes a great Bond. But the editing is really what made that mo- uh, the movie not work for me. Especially that opening sequence where they're doing the big fight in the clock tower or whatever, and they're both dangling from a rope. Yeah. And I just kept thinking about the poor soul that had to choreograph that sequence and storyboard it. And then they take it into the uh, editing room, and it's like they just stick it into a Cuisinart. And that makes me sound like an old guy, but it just cuts so quickly you can't follow anything. Well, yeah, and it, it, it's also, it's uh, it's that sort of superhero cartoonish kind of ability to drive off of buildings and take a punch. And that's part of what I think was the fun kind of about the Bourne movies, because as ridiculous they were, you know, the Bourne movies really worked. And it, it almost seems like, particularly with Quantum Styles, they're trying to turn Bond into the Jason Bourne films, oh, uh, no, there's, there's, and and they don't do it as well, so it just ends up being ludicrous. I would say that the uh, like the Bourne editing style and the the imprint of the Bourne movies is all over Quantum of Solace. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, Court and I were talking, Court and Fatboy, we were talking about it afterward, and that's you can absolutely see that they they saw that the stakes had sort of been had been raised for everything. And I remember back when people were talking about. What was that Vin Diesel thing? Was it Triple X? They were like, yeah. this is clearly the, the standard has been set for superhero and spy films and, you know, in terms of action sequences across all of that uh, genre. But it's the Bourne movies that really, they really did that. You uh, will uh, will get this on the other side, but you've seen Monsters vs. Aliens, have that you not? I have. Excellent. Uh, Monsters vs. Aliens, Don Taylor from uh, Cinematical. Tim Riley has headlines. Uh, later on this hour, your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica. And Katie Darrell from TMZ.com. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Are you are you toying with me here to see if I can hit the post? Yep. I can see the, po- the uh, post counter right now. I think I've run out of things to... Uh, did I mention that we're going to be talking to, uh, to Michael McKean tomorrow? And then, by the way, his show's at April, uh, April 19th at Keller. Use that. Go. Glory Allred is a legal dementor. I suck. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Wow. How long have we been back for? 
That's fantastic. About two and a half minutes. That's great. I was waiting for them to sing. Let's pretend that. Let's pretend that didn't happen just now. Sir Richie was helping me make an oatmeal flash protein meal. I got into a fight with the paper towel dispenser in the bathroom. (laughs) It's been an exciting morning here at the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Tim and I sat here and talked about Marie Osmond. So yeah. Excellent. You know, Marie, let me just say this. I'm going to see uh, Britney Spears in uh, Las Vegas in April, and I was trying to do a whole, like, one-two punch of Britney Spears and then uh, Donnie Marie Osmond, and Donnie Marie have now decided not to extend their run at the Tropicana, and I am furious. They're not at the Tropicana. Uh, where were where the Flamingo or whatever yeah, it was? the Flamingo. But I mean, they're One not... those old hotels. But, but they're, not, uh, they're not extending. They're, they're, oh. I thought they were going to be running all the way through there, so I'd be able to do, like, Britney one night, Donnie Marie the next. It isn't really going to come together for me. So now I got to find some other. Uh, I got to find some other sort of. Uh, I got the other half to my Vegas sandwich. Danny Gans, Penn and Teller. Why not? See, I thought Penn and Teller, but I don't think. But Penn and Teller, I think that Friday is sold out, and I'm not going to be able to stay to see. I don't think they're on Sunday anyway, and then I'm there. You know, Brittany is is Saturday. There's and like I, 47 Cirque du Soleil shows, I think. See, can I just say that I have no interest in seeing? <laughs> Am I the only person on earth that has no interest? I don't Sarah? either. I don't either. I don't either. Honestly, people are always like bragging about. Oh, I went and saw a Cirque. I don't care. See, Tim, you're a sophisticate, though. I thought you would have. I mean, I thought you would have seen it because it was where the hoi polloi are often. It's where the jet setter, you know, is where you go. I'm not a jet setter. Oh, now, Tim, let's not let's not traffic in lies. We, you know, Tim, not everyone who lives in the suburbs belongs to the jet set. Uh, Tim, Sarah, and I know that you are many, many, many <laughs> dozens of rungs above us on the social ladder. Mm-hmm. I have no. I'm not. I don't say that with bitterness or rancor. I never leave this. my home except to come here. Well, what social ladder? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, it's sort of a theoretical the only social ladder. ladder. I climb is the one to change light bulbs. My only social life now is happy hour. Good for you. But your happy hour starts way earlier than everybody else's. <laughs> it starts at four. I think Richie's I the... still celebrating happy hour. But I mean, happy. I get all the best deals. Wait, but the actual happy hours are like four to six. Yeah, four to yeah, four to six. But my happy hour is usually four to eight. Or nine. <laughs> it's expanded due to the recession. Yeah. CBS uh, is uh, more and more solidified in their choice of this program to fill mornings every single day. I, I went out, by the way, last night, and I had drinks uh, with my mother-in-law was in town, so we had, took her to dinner. We went to Cuber's. I had a Spanish coffee, watched the guy do his Brian Brown cocktail flailing about dance. Oh, is that where they drink. pour the thing into the into the coffee? And it was yeah, and then they light it on flame. fire. Yeah. And, and I mean, they are delicious. But I was thinking about it, we looked at our bill afterwards for a couple of glasses of wine and Spanish coffee, and I thought, how do people even afford to be alcoholics anymore? Especially with Spanish coffee, where they're burning half your drink away. I have this great uh, happy hour book. It's just called, uh, it's by a local author. It's called like, the Portland Happy Hour Guide, and it has a list of every happy hour in town, and um, their drink specials and their um, like food specials and everything. We should have anticipated, by the way, that uh, you know Sarah would have already done the sort of guerrilla work, you know, <laughs> to get this taken. I'm 28. I'm not ready to go to bed at seven o'clock. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> Just to wrap this whole thing up, though. So when I go to Vegas, I got uh, Brittany. Now Donnie Marie are not going to be uh, performing. Penn and Teller, I think I'm not able to see them because of their schedule. I have no desire to see the Cirque du Soleil thing. Which here's the thing about that: the Cirque du Soleil thing. It's like that. I think it's in Huck Finn. Where, like, the traveling show comes to town or something, and it ends up being a big skim. I think it's one of those, it's like a whitewashing the fence sort of a deal, to mix my Twain metaphors, where everybody goes to see it because everybody thinks that everybody else is going to see it, and it's apparently, like, a really good time. And, you know, it's like it's just gymnastics. I've seen it once. I mean, it, it now, wasn't was, exciting. was it all that you... No, I, I went years ago, like, but here um, right. in town. It was okay. That's oh, the one down by Ross Island Bridge? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of cool. But that's always where the boring. culture is found, by the way, in big <laughs> vacant lots down by underneath. That, that's what makes this such a turn-off to me. <laughs> Wouldn't there be rats there if that tent wasn't there? Welcome, think, welcome to Portland. And I think, by the way, I think that same huge expanse of concrete where they do the Search of Soleil, 
Isn't that where the homeless kids, like, set that woman on fire or something a couple of years ago? I mean, really, that just seems like a bad... You just stay away from that area. The uh, the deciding factor for me with Cirque du Soleil is that they have, uh, they have creepy French artsy clowns. And I'm afraid of normal clowns anyway, but then you make, like, creepy French artsy clowns in, like, uh, spandex outfits, and, and now it's like, no. My no, read on Cirque going. du Soleil, and as William H. Macy said in Sports Night, I, I, I am exhibiting right here contempt prior to investigation, because I've never seen it. So I'm the first to admit that I'm judging the book, not even by the cover... I'm judging the book like by like the tiny little like back flap thing uh, that you read, you know, inside. But I feel about Cirque du Soleil, based on my understanding of it, the same way I feel about like, I don't know, it's like when you watch uh, like Andrew Blake porn films or something, or like when you watch uh, uh, like real sex on HBO, where it's like you'll see this, and this porn film has a budget of $275,000. And at the end, it's really just to see uh, Jenna Jameson get, uh, you know, it, it, like drilled by the gardener, you know, up against a wall or something. I mean, who cares? Or they'll do that thing when they, it's like, uh, again, real sex is like this on HBO or like that shock sex or whatever that show is. And it's all, and it always involves baking a woman into a cake for some reason. It's a lot of, you know, here it, it you know, blah blah blah, and it's the name of some resort where or that they, naked sushi thing. I don't get that at all. Yeah, but it's like some, it's some sort of like sex getaway uh, where you know they're, they're you know teaching people how to how to discover passion and eroticism of a different flavor, and then they show a woman who's like been baked into some sort of, you know, it's like she's in like a giant, uh, like she's in a giant ho ho or something. You know, and then, and you know, and then like candles are lit on her and, you know, and then the husband's like, hey, here's your wife. We've put her inside a Twinkie. And I'm watching this at home. I'm like, what, who, who is, who are these people? Like, uh, who, like your thing with the naked sushi. Like, who wakes up in the morning and says, honey, I know what we ought to do. You have any of that, uh, any of that seaweed and rice roll up? Why don't you strip, strip down on the ottoman and I'm going to cover you in seafood. Uh, I'm going to go get me a fork. And that will uh, reinsert the sizzle into our lives. I just don't understand that. And Cirque du Soleil seems like the, it seems like the gymnastic equivalent of that. Whereas my friend Kurt used to say they're, they're just dressing up humping, you know. So I just, uh, it's not for me. Monsters versus Aliens. Is that Pixar or is it a thing that seems like Pixar? It is not Pixar. It is DreamWorks. It took me a moment to, cause, because to me, you know, it's like, Kind of like you just applied. It's either Pixar or it's not. Right. Uh, this one is DreamWorks, um, and it's actually uh, it's actually quite good. Uh, it's uh, basically kind of a take on the '50s monster movies. Uh, there's a young woman named Susan, played by Reese Witherspoon, on her uh, wedding day. She is hit by a meteor, and she becomes like a mile tall. She's captured by the government and thrown into lockup where she meets uh, the other monsters that they have locked up. Uh, Bob, who is basically the blob. He's played by Seth Rogen. Right. Uh, Dr. Cockroach, who is Hugh Laurie. And uh, the missing Link, who is a half-ape, half-fish guy who's voiced by Will Arnett. And then, uh, of course, then you know, aliens come. There's an alien menace from a fellow named Galaxor, uh, who's voiced by Rain Wilson. And the monsters are basically brought out of lockup to go battle the alien menace. And uh, it's it's very funny. In, in it's not, as an adult, I was thinking that watching it, it wasn't quite as edgy or as sharp as I would have liked it to be. But 
for kids, it's actually really good. And as an adult, I actually found it very entertaining. I, I would have, if it was aimed at me, I would want a little bit more of it. But as something that you're going to sit through, probably because you're taking your kids, it's actually really, really good. As forced entertainment, which is your punishment for breeding, yeah. you find it to be acceptable. <laughs> and it's also uh, 3D. It's more of that uh, true 3D. Oh, the that real, doing the, the 3D, real like true, the Coraline yeah, stuff. Exactly. And so the 3D is gorgeous, absolutely crisp and and beautiful. And it serves the movie really well. They do a couple of little gimmicky things at the beginning. Um, the first shot of the film is sort of this galaxy with all of these asteroids and things floating around in space. And uh, I saw it on a Saturday screening with a whole lot of children. And most of the kids in the audience just went, oh, because most of them have never I've seen never 3D. Seen the 3D. And so they were just awestruck by it. By the way, just to, to, to wrap this all up, a little bit of a callback. Don't you just sense, and maybe they've done it, maybe they haven't. They, don't you just sort of know in your bones that Cirque du Soleil has done some sort of 3D extravaganza? You know what I mean? Where it's like, this, the mime will be coming right at you, or whatever. Well, you they know? have done IMAX. And I uh, I went to a press screening of their IMAX thing, and that just didn't work so at all. So this is where you're actually just watching a big movie of and a hurt, guy on a tightrope. And hurting your neck, because you're having to like spin your head from side to side to see everything, because it's so huge. And they're all uh, dressed in this, like, I, I picture them in like the weird, like, with the jester hats, and then the really tight bodysuit that has the diamond pattern. What, Cirque du Soleil? Yeah. <gasps> yeah, it's like, have you seen Knocked Up? Uh, no. Oh, okay, there's a sequence in Knocked Up where they take <laughs> mushrooms and they go say Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> It is exactly like that. It is just weird, and yeah, it has like cre- like creepy clowns and like baby acrobats and like people standing on each other. It's just it's weird. Cirque du Soleil is this generation's moment chance. Wow, Don Taylor from Cinematical, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Don Taylor. Thank As you. always, a pleasure. Tim Riley has headlines next. We're also going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Katie Darrell from TMZ.com, and we'll be counting down. This is how I've arrived at this. We're calling it. The top five television closing theme song. Now, damn it, that doesn't work either. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Well, Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Note how Sarah and I are actually both here uh, this time. Mini commercial break in. Richie did make me awesome oatmeal, though. I feel kind of guilty. Now, what did he, but I saw him dumping some junk into that. Well, because he doesn't have any sugar because he doesn't eat anything that's you know, bad for him. So he has like a chocolate flavored protein shake thing. That seems natural. <laughs> so I mix that with the oatmeal. It's actually yeah. really good. Here's the thing. You have only his word uh, that that's actually chocolate flavored protein. And, you know, it could just be like sawdust. It could just be, he could have just taken filed down little bits of sheetrock. It tastes chocolatey. Uh-huh. Kind okay. of. <laughs> it tastes well, like chocolate. It does taste kind of sawdusty. Yeah, it's good. No matter to me. I'm not eating it. <laughs> it's 503-733-2970. Just ahead, headlines with Tim Riley, we're also going to be giving away a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. Ladies and germs, this is your time to be caller number 10 at 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 for your shot at a win it before you can buy a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores on March 29th. We're going to play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics in just a moment. So be call number 10. Have you picked them out yet? 503-733-2970. I haven't. I've been rehearsing my delivery, by the way. Which, just for those who are kind of playing the... Because your feelings were kind of hurt yesterday that that he was able to guess it so quickly. Well, because... But it wasn't my delivery, though. It was the lyrics. It was the fact that my lyrics were too good, uh, which is why he spotted them as being the construct that they were. For those who are playing the Picture Pages home game, it's going to sound just like my singing in the Sleep Country thing that just played. Also, two small notes here. One, yesterday we had the uh, we were playing the Aqualung song because of that whole story about the or that thing we read about the Aqualung, and we were amazed that there hadn't been sort of a 
Hey, Octo Mom. Here's another one. This this one came to me just as I was walking to the bathroom. This is not Aqualung. This is Octo Octo Mom. Na 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 na. Octo Mom. Octo Mom. In the news with Tim Riley. Bastards. I think I understand. Whatever. (laughs) Well, investigators think ice could have caused that Montana plane crash and not overloading. Three families were killed. One of those killed was that of the Oregon owner of that plane, who was waiting for them to arrive at a millionaire's only camp in Montana when he heard the news on CNN. A bike lane is under construction on the Morrison Bridge. $50 million in AIG bonuses will be repaid. And in an effort to confuse the public, AIG will change its name to AIU. Shouldn't it be IOU? Ha! <laughs> A man makes a deathbed confession only to live and face charges. <laughs> Letterman marries wow. his longtime girlfriend. That semi that overturned and closed down I-5 yesterday morning around that time was carrying soy sauce. The government will buy a trillion dollars. What's a trillion? In bad, back, uh, bad bank assets and get the credit rolling again. And uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell is in hot water for not paying his utility bills. You're, do you have the actual full Screech story? I do. We should do the full screech story right here before we uh, before we do spot the fake metal lyrics. I've decided out of all the stories you just teased, that's the one that I actually can't wait uh, any longer, and I must know now. Do we? We don't have time for a triple geek watch here because we don't. Well, I'll, I'll just do thing. the screech story then. Let's just do the screech story here separately. Then we'll roll the rest of the geek stories as a geek watch uh, later on in the show. That sounds fabulous. Right, we'll just do the screech mm-hmm. bit here. Dustin Diamond, the actor who played the squeaky voice nerd Screech on Saved by the Bell, is in hot water. With W.E. Energies, the 32-year-old actor is being sued for allegedly failing to pay more than $2,000 in utility bills. He has until April 15th to respond. Diamond has been on a financial uh, downslide in the past, and he's even called on his fans at one point to help save his house from falling into foreclosure. He ended up keeping his home. Is that what they're calling it now, a financial downslide? Yes. I mean... Was I the only one here that went to see him at Dante's yes. when yes. he did his stand-up comedy? <laughs> yes. Oh, that must have been, you said it was nice just to remember. awkward. Oh, I wish that I, in retrospect, I kind of wish that I, I mean, I don't wish that I'd stayed, but I wish that I had left a camera running behind me. You know what I mean? Like, it just sort of, or just paid somebody to stay and videotape the rest of that just to sort of have it for posterity. It was quite something. I have to say, I, that probably ranks in the top three most uncomfortable moments in which I have ever been. It, it was just so jaw-droppingly awkward for everybody involved. Well, stand-up uh, comedy in general is just can be really awkward. Well, because if it goes poorly, I mean, that's like if which you ever... Which usually does go poorly. Well, that's it because most people aren't funny. And so it's when a friend says, you know, it's like, it's like when a friend wants you to come see his band. But at least if you're going to see your friend's band, there's like four of them and everybody's drunk and... You know, they're all on stage, and it's and it, and the thing is, even if you go to see a friend play in a band and they suck, they're loud enough to cover just the silence that would be there if the music wasn't filling like mortar between the bricks. There's not just silence and awkward laughter. And a whole, there's silence, awkward laughter, and then here's the other things you hear at bad comedy shows. In the background, there's just like a, <coughs> that, and then this sound, but it's done really quietly. Okay, let's just wait, wait until he's... Wait until he's looking over there. No, no, he's opening his water bottle. Run, run, run! And then he's just running to your car like Gene Hackman in Uncommon Valor. Then there's a big stack of unsold CDs, and you pick one up to look and mods fly out. <laughs> uh, hello, who might this be? This is Dave, Rick. Hello, Dave. How are you, sir? I am excellent. All right. Are you ready to play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics for your shot at a copy of uh, Guitar Hero Metallica? 
That I am. All right. Do you know how we play the game? Well, that's great, because I'm going to explain it for everyone who might be listening. I will perform two sets of metal lyrics for you, sir. One set of metal lyrics I have created out of my own brain. The other, not out of my own brain. That would be gross, but you know what I mean. The other is uh, an extant metal song. So one set of metal lyrics is real. The other I created myself. Uh, I will perform them both at the end of the second set. you got to tell me which set is real, which set is fake. Don't pay any attention to the delivery, the cadence, the melody, any of that. Uh, it is all about just listening to the lyrics. Are you prepared? I am. All right. Sarah, do you want to roll our music? I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> now, you may not be able to hear the music uh, because we're, we're keeping the music level pretty low so that you can hear my dulcet tones. But all right, here we go. <clears throat> set of lyrics, the first. Bring you down, baby, bring you down. Tell all your friends I'm back in town. Hell, you know I'm the one. I'm a man with a long steel gun. Pull that trigger, baby, watch me take aim. Yeah, leave you in the morning. I don't even know your name. I'm the man with the gun. I'm your gunslinger tonight. All right, there you go. That's uh, the first oh set God. of lyrics there. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just doing what I can to amuse the people, sir. You know, these four hours don't pass by themselves. You really have to uh, you have to work at it. Are we, re- are we ready for the second set? As ready as I'm going to be. Sons of bitches. All right. <laughs> Look, I work hard at this, you bastard. All right, <clears throat> Sarah. Tim has taken off his headphones and it's all but leaving the room. <laughs> roll, roll that music. <clears throat> you got a nasty reputation, sticky situation. It's down to me and you. Say there ain't nobody better. We're in this together. You show me what you can do. You're under the gun, out on the run, gonna set the night on fire. Out on the run, under the gun, you're playing, playing to win. All right, here we go. And we're done. Wow. All right, sir. <laughs> Well, okay. I, I originally I was uh, gonna go with the first because they actually made sense and there was just way too many cliches. Now wait a minute. Now when you say you were gonna go with the first, uh, the fake or the it's a fake. Which do you uh, believe I was were fake? Go with, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna go with the first one being the real because there was so many cliches. But since the very last line did not rhyme, and I'm gonna go with the second being the fake. Wait, okay, so you you are saying that the second set of lyrics is fake, the first right. set of lyrics is real. Right, I'm saying you came up with the second set. All right, is that your final answer, sir? It is. Ha! In your face, Dave! Uh, this is mean. Wait, hold on. I just did that dick move again where I'm, I'm happy that I uh, beat a guy out of a prize. I'm sorry. That's a jerk thing for me to do. All right, well, That's okay. My 15-year-old son will be bowing his head in shame with me. Let me just let me clarify for the record. The lyrics... Um, Bring you down, baby. I'm the man with the long steel gun. Pull your trigger. Watch you take aim. I wrote that, sir. Those lyrics came from the mind of Rick Emerson. The lyrics that you thought were fake 
are in fact from Bon Jovi's hit, Raise Your Hands. So there you go. Uh, out on the gun, under the run, setting the night on fire, bad reputation, sticky situation. That's all, uh, that's, uh, that's pure John right there. And I do need to say one thing. Yes, sir. I, I was a radio atheist for a while, but now that my Savior has risen, I am once again a disciple. That's uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Tim Riley bringing listeners back to that life. Wasn't me. Lazarus style. Oh. I believe that comment was directed at you. Was it not, sir? Y- yes, it very much was. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you can have some of that. Oh, you're so humble. All right, you well, on the other hand, I hate your guts. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. I'd hate you, too. You're taunting him. I'm so, I wasn't happy he didn't win, but it's like, you know me. It's like the fact I that know you. I, I heard about it all day yesterday. Like, I can't believe they picked the right lyric. <laughs> Why did they not know? The best part, though, is that he felt that Bon Jovi lyrics were so absurd they couldn't possibly be real. I just freaked out that the steel gun thing was, like, living in your head, and now it's out on paper. Yeah. Well, now I don't have, now I don't have to, uh, you know, record it myself. I've performed it here. I'm your gunslinger tonight. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program at Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program at Rock 101 KUFO. Still to come, Tim Riley and headlines. Also, we're going to count on the top five television closing theme song themes. Television closing theme. I don't know. Let's welcome <laughs> now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, our good friend Katie Darrell. Katie Darrell, thank you for uh, being gracious and holding for a few minutes. I know it's been a, a, a bit of a delay. How are you this morning? Well, how are you guys? I am fantabulous. What is uh, going on in the world of TMZ, Katie Darrell? Well, TMZ, you know, we always get great stories, we get great pictures, uh, and we get great numbers. And what I mean by that is we have this great breakdown of numbers surrounding Britney Spears. Now, remember when she went all crazy? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that one time she went nuts. I think I do recall that, yes. All right, so that was about 14 months ago. So over the last 14 months, She has hired over 17 lawyers and law firms to handle her affairs, all right? That has racked up $2.7 million in lawyer fees that Brittany has been shelling out. One million of those fees uh, are attorney fees for people representing Jamie Spears, her father, who's the conservator. Could you imagine $2.7 million in one year, basically? No, and I, and I guess uh, I'm glad you clarified that he's still the conservator because it was, I guess, for like, it was for six months and it was for nine months. Then I guess it's now just like forever. It, re- it really is. They, uh, they had a chance to uh, get rid of the conservatorship uh, right at the end of 08, and they pushed it. So it's, it's not indefinite, but the date is like so far off when it has to like be renewed that it's pretty much holding steady for a while. Let me ask you this question about uh, Britney Spears. That that guy, uh, it was like the, the, the home. Uh, well, there's him. See, that's another thing. The many the many men in the Britney Spears orbit. No, it's uh, Jason Alexander, that guy she married for like a day yeah. or something. Does it, does it seem like that guy to be cranking on a book right about now? You know, except for the fact that he had, he, they had been childhood friends and known each other for a long time. So as much as he got burned, uh, I think that they left things on decent terms. And I think that he may have, since there was no prenup, uh, Mama Spears had flown in immediately to help get it all annulled and everything. I think there might have been some cash, in my opinion. This isn't something that's been like, officially reported in that TMZ thing. I just think that the reason why he's been shut up is that they cleaned that up pretty quick and they wrote him a check. In they, my uh, they perhaps uh, crossed his palm with the requisite number of silver pieces. Exactly. And maybe he figures like, look, uh, she got uh, you know drunk and desperate at one point. Maybe she'll do it again. I mean, <laughs> like, didn't Liz Taylor marry Richard Burton like nine different times? So I mean, he's going to hit me, baby, one more time theory. Exactly. Maybe he's a, baby, Hollywood may say no, but Jason will always say yes. Come yes. back home. So, excellent. Uh, what else is happening in your world? Well, there's 
whole rumor about Leanne Rhimes uh, having an affair with this guy that she's doing this like lifetime movie with. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they got some, some like USA no uh, uh, Us Weekly got some video of Leanne Rhimes and this co-star out to dinner, kissing, holding hands, all kinds of smoochy stuff. Well, we caught Leanne Rhimes uh, kissing another man yesterday. It was actually her husband this time. So you know they're kind of going out there doing damage control. Obviously, we haven't seen them kissing in public in years. I think so many people actually forgot that Leanne Rhimes was even married. So now they're kind of out and about and kissing at valets. So I think um, this will prove to be perhaps a publicity stunt because that uh, movie, that Lifetime movie that she did, had the highest ratings ever. Well, you know, I am proud to say, by the way, that when Leanne Rhimes first came out, I think when she, was, when she had that song Blue, she was like 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. But it's like, I hate to say this, but you could just see that girl's future all over her. I mean, you knew that this day would eventually be Have you, you know, seen her in Coyote Ugly? Remember she had a cameo in that? Yeah. She I mean, was putting it up. I mean, yeah, it's like you just you just knew. Like, that was, you know, that was like you could see the acorn and you knew what the oak uh, would look like. So, Although I would say that in my, if I hope I get the details of this right, I believe the gold standard for the sort of uh, slatternly behavior in the uh, country uh, singer world is still held by, was it Sarah Evans that like the court thing said she was having sex with all the guys in three doors down sarah i think it was, i think it was country singer sarah evans remember. and like her actual divorce document it was like you know uh, her husband filed and it was like plaintiff asserts that defendant or whatever you know that sarah evans had affairs with and then it listed like all these athletes and then it actually just said as well as the members of the rock group three doors down <laughs> which maybe means they don't deserve names they're just no. like and the members no of. it's like you know it's like at the end of first season gilligan's island and the rest so, yeah. Excellent. All right, Katie Darrell, as always, a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, TMZ uh, Television, of course, airs uh, weeknights in Portland at 1130. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, Katie. Thank you. All right. Talk to you then. There you go. Thank you. Excellent. Katie Darrell. Yeah, Leanne rhymes at the end because the girl in Coyote Ugly, of course, doesn't want to be you know dancing with her, shaking her cakes on top of a bar. She wants sure. to be a songwriter. Uh-huh. So she eventually writes a song for Leanne rhymes and then it ends with Leanne rhymes dancing on the top, on the counter with her. I got uh, two things to say. And you can, yeah, and you can see the inner, the inner bad girl. Well, no, what I, I mean, look, and you hate to say that when the kid's like 13. Look, because here, we all know people who have kids that just aren't going to make it. Let's be honest. We all know people, they have children that they like to think are intelligent. They're probably not. And they're just going to end up squeegeeing off your windshield someday. And nobody likes to be the person. I'll say it. Your kid, probably a loser. Like it, it just, that's just the law of averages, uh, you know, at work right there. Eighty percent of the of the people you see in a school right now, no matter what grade they're in, are going to end up uh, shining my shoes. That's just the way it works. Not because I'm all that smart, but just because most people are staggeringly dumb. Not because you want them to end up like no, that. You just kind of know that's it. That's just the way it works. It's just nature, Sarah. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, but I remember seeing Le- Leanne Rhymes, and again, you hate to think that your future is. Uh, what does Sarah Connor say? No fate, but what we make. I saw Leanne Rhymes, and I was like, you know. Uh, that girl is going to end up one big Luann Hill, and sure enough, uh, she did. So that's just that's just the way it is. Uh, two quick things. One, I was actually listening to Leanne Rhymes of all things the other day. I have this compilation of just like 500 country songs, and Blue came up, which is the f- where they were like, "She's the next Patsy Cline." We've got to quit acting like it's a vocal skill if you can't stay on the note. You know, uh, I'm looking at you, Beyonce. Uh, or like Christina Aguilera. Yeah, or also, uh, yeah, where it's hey, 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 sing the goddamn notes. Jesus. Also, Leanne Rimes, she was doing that yodeling thing where it was like a lot of, I'm blue, and we're like, she's a genius. She can't sing. There's a difference. Final thing. This is a joke that I chose not to make when Katie Darrell was on the phone because I respect her as a woman. Uh, we were talking about Sarah. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, you know what I mean, Sarah. 
Uh, joking about Sarah Evans having um, relations with all the members of Three Doors Down. Do we have the uh, morning show, uh, the sort of rimshot laugh yes, yes, thing? Yes, we do. Okay, this is going to be my uh, one stop to uh, to morning zoo behavior. Are you ready? Oh, you're one, not the metal singing or anything like that. You shut up! <laughs> uh, for the next five seconds, this will be a kooky morning show. <clears throat> Did so, you yeah, have to a... laugh in the background? Uh, yes, but yeah, but pull way back from the mic as though you're in the corners of the studio to sound like it's one big party in here all the time. Okay. All right. So, you know, that uh, country singer, Sarah Evans, uh, yes, look at her. <laughs> I'm looking at, it's hard to believe it took them 10 years to give us a morning show. I'm looking at her uh, divorce petition right now, and uh, apparently she, say? apparently she, uh, she was quite the, uh, quite the, uh, the player around town having a, According to this, anyway, uh, allegedly affairs with any number of people, uh, including uh, athlete number one, uh, athlete number two, blah blah blah. It also says here she, uh, well, she had an affair with uh, with all the uh, all the members of the group Three Doors Down. <laughs> Sounds to me like it was more like Three Doors Open. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Rick Everson Show, Rock One One KUFO. Everybody loves a toasty torpedo, Sarah. <laughs> Who doesn't love a toasty torpedo? You don't know what I'm talking about. All right, now I gotta quit thinking about Octomom songs because I can only come up with the two. I only got the Aqua Long and the uh, Macho Man thing. All right, that's what I do with my free time. I don't bother to study or make myself smarter or even learn CPR. I just think about parody songs for the Octomom. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. A man who started the reality show X Men was arrested over the weekend after a fight left one man with a swollen eye, a broken nose, and a broken eye socket. What is this? Oh, is that the logging show? Yeah. The lumberjack show? Yeah. It is Oregon uh, logging show. It, he said, quote, It was about some girl I don't know. Something stupid. Well, at least he does have a strong sense of self. Mm-hmm. Beware of a wanted sex offender on the loose in Portland. He's posing as a professor who looks like one. He's rather rotund and has a beard. Looks very smart. Uh, more lifestyles of the rich and famous. The affluent are really getting out of hand. Now a Lake Oswego man is convicted of drowning a neighbor in a hot tub. Oh. Yeah. Well, here's something to cheer you up, Sarah Dillon. Uh, the results of a naked photo shoot of Bo Breedlove. The mayor's a youthful plaything may be seen on April 7th when the magazine hits the newsstand. It is called Unzipped. So what newsstand do you find Unzipped at? I was I just know. I was going to ask the same is question, actually. Is it or something? Maybe. I mean, is that like a newsstand or is that like a like like a, like a a filthy newsstand? Because there's that whole, like if you go to, uh, for example, Powell's Books at Cedar Hills Crossing, mm-hmm. you go in there and there's you, the magazine stand, uh, you know, the whole, like the, the sections of magazines, and then there's that whole swath that's up at the top and they're all in plastic because they don't want you to I go in that and would be it. I mean, yeah. browsing or yeah. something. Do you have any Bo Breed love today? I'll totally buy that. I'm unashamed. Mm-hmm. What do I care? Oh, well, no. I'll... Sarah, do you want me to buy you a copy? Yes, please. Do you want your own copy? Yes, please. All he right. appears to be sweaty and dirty. He Just appears like to be like... dirty. <laughs> I don't think that's an appearance, Tim. He's all Tim. used up. <laughs> <laughs> he appears to be soiled. Uh, all right. Sweaty and dirty. The Bo Breed love story. Let's talk about people who can't get enough attention. How about Gloria Allred? It's back to that again. This 911 call comes to the uh, police from someone who identifies themselves as the Octomom's nanny. Which nanny this is, I don't know. But she calls 911 uh, the other day to ask them to send a police officer over to get rid of Gloria Aldred, who apparently uh, won't leave the house. So here it is. Try it again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'd like to have somebody removed from the home that I'm at right now. Who is it? 
Gloria Allred. <laughs> okay, do they live there? No. So this morning at Tiffany moved into, yes, um, this is the home of Nadia Suleiman, and she's just kind of being a nuisance. Okay. She's not authorized to be here. Who are you? I'm a nanny. I, I'm her nanny. Her nanny. Why is she there? Um, twice a she just walked in, and <laughs> they really don't want her in the she's home. She's just here, and she won't leave. Okay. And you've asked her to leave, and she's refusing? Yes, they've asked her to leave already. Who, who has asked her? Is Nadia there? Um, no, she's not here yet, but she's getting ready to come home, and she just doesn't want her in her house when she gets here. Okay. Uh, what is your name? Marcella. And your last I'm sorry. Hold on one second. Okay, Marcella? Okay. Here's the best thing about that is that she doesn't she doesn't say Octomom, the woman who calls 911, she says Nadia Suleiman, mm-hmm. and the woman who and the 911 operator doesn't know who Gloria Allred is, I get the sense. I get the I get the feeling she doesn't know and I and so it seems logical that she probably doesn't know the name Nadia Suleiman, but if you said Octomom, so I wonder if the nanny at some point had to fight off the urge to say it's the Octomom. I met the Octomom. Octomom. Because that's she knows that that's what everybody is calling her. Seriously. And don't you get the idea that she went up to Gloria Allred and asked her to leave, and Gloria Allred just sort of she did like that Medusa thing where I she just Gloria Allred. You know, I don't she, believe. Yeah, where she sort of turns around in her robe and her many uh, the, the many uh, serpents that are attached to her scalp kind of turn around with her, and there's sort of like a you know. You know, she makes eye contact with the nanny and just sort of a, do you know to whom you are speaking? And then it's like, uh, it's like all your breath was taken out in one icy blow. Oh, the actual mom fired uh, four nurses who were giving free care to her children. That's a good idea. Yeah. Whatever you do, get rid of the people who are taking care of your 16 children. And by the way, if you ever find that you need four children, maybe you ought to, you know, just to slow down on shoving things out of your body. You know what? Huh? I find it hard to believe that she can even remember all of her children's names. Like someone should pick a child out at random and totally like show it to her and be like, name this child. If you can name it, you can keep it. <laughs> and if not, we're going to give them away from the back of pickup trucks. I find, I find it hard to believe like, <laughs> ever since she's birthed those things, she's never spending any time with them. I, I love like... Gloria Allred giving away babies from the back of a pickup truck. I'll teach her. Just shoveling them out I'll like old pumpkins. Kick me out of the home, you octomom. I love, I love the. I've got so many thoughts in my head right now. First of all, I love the idea of like octuplet flashcards. Which one is this? Uh, Pepe. No, you lose. You know, and then, <laughs> you and then it's just to keep it if you can name it. And then it's tossed into the crowd like one of those bags of rice in that USA for Africa video. You know what I mean? Where they show Bob Geldof like, here you go, have a have a bag of lentils, and there's the, you know where there's a whole hungry crowd waiting for the children. Hungry crowd is the wrong way to put it, of course, but but where the, the mom has to a sort family of, that needs a, like wants to adopt a child. Seriously, there, somebody should totally see. Uh, now that is a thing that would work. Uh, somebody should do this a pre pre produced bit, sort of a name it and you can keep it. I think. I think National Lampoon years ago, they did a bit, uh, a radio bit called Catch It and You Keep It, which is where, like, they would throw progressively heavier items off a building. And I think it ended with them throwing a safe or something. It's a safe full of money. And it just kills the guy. But it's just like a name the baby, you can keep the baby. That's a real, you know, and we ought to not just with the Octomom, but with everybody. You ought to be able to name your kid, and you shouldn't have to, like, you, you, you can't do that mom thing either. Where you're going to Tom, Phil, Dave, Barbara, Alan, crap, you know, and you eventually getting to the right name. You got to name the kid. You get one mistake. Then you get one strike. You can screw up once on one kid. Uh, and if not, Gloria Allred just takes them and just uh, dispenses them throughout the neighborhood like some sort of uh, baby-giving Santa Claus. Well, we have a promo meeting at 10.
We can bring it up then. Let's, m- let's mention that to Susan Reynolds. Susan, we wish to go give away the Octo children. <laughs> also, since we keep calling her Octo Mom, don't you just keep picturing, um, it, it, what's his name from Spider-Man 2? You know, he's got like the big tentacles with, I will not die a monster! Except that he's like, each tentacle is holding a baby. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like the Octo Mom, and each tentacle is grasping a baby, and then there's like a, like a supplementary tentacle that has like a bottle of formula or something. And then, you know, and she's like, and then, but then Gloria Allred is there, uh, you know, looking like, a, what's her name, Storm from the X-Men with, like, the shock of white hair. I think too much stuff. Here's Tim Riley. Time for Geek Watch. Here's your Geek Watch for Wednesday on the Rick Emerson. Wait, today Wednesday? No, no, Tuesday. Tuesday. Damn. Feeble brain. Yesterday was Wednesday, too. Just a television what's happening show. I can't even end the days of the week. <laughs> right, but because we were wondering if the quantum flux, and I just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no guy. By the way, Susan Reynolds has weighed Shit. the Octo Mom uh, immediately. Energize. She says, you know, the 911 people have caller ID. She's like, don't you think that they play rock, paper, scissors to figure out who has to deal with the latest oct? Because didn't the Octomom herself call 911? Yes, she has. She called 911 last week about something, didn't she? No, it was a little bit before no, that. It was, no, yeah, about being chased by paparazzi. Ah, yeah. that's right. So she, they've got it on speed dial mm-hmm. by now. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, I'd like to have somebody removed from the home that I'm at right now. Who is it? Um, Gloria Allred. Fantastic. Uh, here's Tim Riley with your Geek Watch. Winnie Cooper got married. The object of Fred Savage's obsession on the Wonder Years got married over the weekend. Uh, she married a composer named Mike Verta. And that's, uh, what's her name? Danica McClellar. Danica McClellar. It has spiked a Google search for Winnie Cooper married. The other role that she did that brought her to prominence recently, she played... Oh God! What the name? What the hell was her name? It was she played. She played Joshua Molina's sister on The West Wing, and now I'm forgetting her name. It was some insane like Aaron Sorkin cute. It was in one of those names like you know, Pixie McTwinkle or something. One of those names that only Aaron Sorkin characters ever have. But um, she's sort of you know she's turned into uh, is a, I would say an attractive an attractive young lady. Also, she wrote that book all about math for girls, and it was. You know, it wasn't called like. Oh, math. she's super smart. Yeah, and but and the book wasn't. It wasn't called like math is hot, but it was. It was one of those things about like don't like you know like don't be an idiot because you think guys like it, which was sort of. Uh, so anyway, so Dana McKellar, so she's off the market now. Yes, she is. Fred Savage still available though, I believe. And did not attend the wedding. <gasps> Get out. No, I like. I'm all oh, legitimately Fred. angry and saddened for a second there. Mm-hmm. All right, I have no life. Everything Here's I know comes from the TV. Uh, fans waiting for your own version of Guitar Hero. WebURB.com reports the promotion of Activision's DJ Hero. At last weekend's South by Southwest conference in Texas, Metallica took the stage to promote their upcoming installment of Guitar Hero. Immediately afterward, DJ Shadow did a set with the DJHero.com banner behind them. The new website simply allows users to register their email addresses for future updates. It also... uh, Notes that DJ Hero is also available for the Xbox 360 so this is like, it's a, and PlayStation. So it's like a turntable uh, version of, of Guitar Hero? That's exactly what this is. That makes sense. I can see that. All right. So everybody play. There ought to be a DJ Hero where it's like you're a radio DJ, and the deal is like you have to read, like you have to get these nine points out off a five-second liner card, uh, you know, in like the uh, in like the 14 seconds uh, that you're allowed, allotted to talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or something where it's, or like you've got like a super tramp intro that you've got to talk up. Uh, and then you, you know, but you've got to like, uh, you've got to backsell the last song, talk about the block party weekend coming up, 
reference the three uh, voice track DJs that'll be on later in the day, and then also like uh, you know like give away tickets to see Tom Schultz's side act or something. When you got, to you got twenty seconds to trash the kitchen, make the toilet overflow, and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> or that, Tim. That's Fantastic. the Geek Watch. Fantastic. There's your Geek Watch for uh, Tuesday. Raptor's hammer by the sons of Warvan. I shall avenge you. Next. Ooh, loneliness and cheeseburgers. Are oh, speaking of Octo songs, so somebody has suggested uh, instead of eight days a week, we have eight kids at birth. Uh, let's see. Pop goes the baby. Now that's just oh. that's just icky. Um, you never get that out of the car. Do we know did she uh, birth them or were they cut out of her? <laughs> Do you know? Is there I, a nicer way to say it? I know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we want to be scientifically accurate. They are, in fact, cutting the baby out, uh, right? I mean, that's they the take deal. Out, they take out your They're insides. They take the out like, your stomach and Did everything. they put your insides on a table or something? They put them on a table next to you and then take out the baby and then re- like Are you, you like insides. an alien dissection? Are you Are you awake during that? Not you, but I mean, if you get the yeah, C-section? I think that they... Can you look over and you. see your guts on a table? My, my friend accidentally saw her guts. Well, I think it's like there's my stomach. Did they tell her not to look over? Yeah, because they put up a sheet thing. So like, it's they put from pictures there. Of cats on ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's this sheet that's like really high, so that you can't see anything going on. Meanwhile, they're like cutting you open. The pictures of cats playing with balls of yarn <laughs> above you. I can has abdominal scar. Sorry. Uh, that's and so that she looked where they told her not to look and like, hey, there's my insides, mm. but they're on a they're on all a on shelf. A table like her intestines and stuff. Yeah, I don't think you'd ever forget that. I don't care how much medication they're giving you. That's a that's a thing you won't get get past. No, you can't unsee that. I that's a good question. How did she have these babies? Were they, uh, you know, did they did they did they walk did they walk out the door or did they uh, did they go out the window? That doesn't make any sense. There's not, neither of those makes any sense. I don't even know what the window would be. And I'm sitting here interested in the answer, <laughs> which is even worse. Okay. Top five coming up. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. This subject, uh, the email uh, subject line says, you are all idiots. Rick, a C-section doesn't typically involve taking someone's guts out. That is insane. <laughs> Says, I just watched my daughter birthed a few months ago. Uh, I won't go into the details here. He, said, he claims that they don't remove the guts. Are you sure that your friend went to an actual doctor? Wasn't yes, it like she Tijuana said that she or No, and then Aaron um, wrote, uh, my mom requested a video viewing and they, when they took his sister out. Yes, they have to shift the bits of your innards around and set her liver on the table. Set your liver on the table. Okay. Uh, ladies maybe and gentlemen. Maybe it depends on the size of the baby. Well, I, but, or maybe it just depends. Uh, look, how do I put this? Maybe it depends on the size of your guts. I mean, look, I mean, certain people got more guts than others. Uh, maybe if you are a woman of substantial carriage, uh, maybe you're... Because your guts, that includes your... I can't believe we're even having this discussion. When we say guts, this is like that thing when we didn't know what a womb was. And I thought it was... Uh, and Sarah didn't either, uh, in my defense. But it turned out that your womb is like a uterus. Not easy. It is the it uterus. Is, it's not like it. But it's not like some sort of vague, generalized area. It's a specific thing. So when they told, who was it they told Peter Turkey had head cancer? Which sounds unbelievably bad because it doesn't sound like a thing a doctor would say, first of all. It sounds like you'd be like brain cancer or... Head cheese. No. No, it, not at all like that. Well, but, okay. I guess my, my point here is when we say guts, that includes the stomach, Right. So maybe if you've got, if you are a larger person, do you have a larger stomach? In other words, maybe sometimes you can just sort of scoot it over a bit, pull the baby out. Mm-hmm. If there's a lot of you, there's a lot of guts. And so maybe that's when they have to be set on like a tray or something. You know, like that, that thing with the swivel arm that they put your food on. 
and it swings over. But it's not food. It's your guts. At the news desk, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Tim, what are today's headlines? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, a bike lane is under construction on the Morrison Bridge, and in an effort to confuse the public, AIG continues to reinvent himself. Now it's going to call itself AIU. A man makes a deathbed confession only to live and face charges. Nope. Letterman marries his longtime girlfriend, and the results with a naked photo shoot of Bo Breedlove, the mayor's youthful plaything, may be seen on April 7th. That's when the magazine hits the newsstands. But apparently, you don't get to see the. Uh... You don't get to see the full goods. You I guess it's just. Love. I mean, really, what is it? What can I see there that I haven't seen already? By which I mean, uh, his space gallery had all those photos of him, like, uh, like, hey, look at my, look at my bulge and whatnot. Yeah, he was all in, like speedos and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's extra sweaty and extra dirty. Yes, he is, Tim. Looks like he's dropped some weight too and shaved his head. He kind of looks like he ought to be on that. Um, looks like he ought to be on that weird prison planet from Alien Three. He kind of looks covered in grime. Yes, and not does. the sexy kind. Sort of like a, I've been living in a sewer. The mayor's kind. Yeah, it's the mayor's kind of grime. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Very strange. Because Irish Spring had that... And, and, and the best part is like how they have the guy in the Irish Spring commercial going, It's manly! And then she says, But I like it too! Or whatever. But he's saying like it's manly as I think he's actually bathing in like a lilac pond or something. Like in the middle of a field. It was all very weird looking. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include from the National Enquirer, Dorothy Carcassari, and Michael McKeon, who will be here uh, in Portland April 19th at the Keller, alongside uh, Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer. They're going to be performing stuff from Mighty Wind, Spinal Tap songs, all that, but we're talking to Michael McKeon tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Also, tomorrow we're going to be giving away another copy of Guitar Hero Metallica, or endeavoring to do that anyway, as we play Spot the Fake Metal Lyrics. Coming up next is Smells Like the 90s. Smells Like the 90s will be uh, starting momentarily with our good friend Buzz right here in Rock 101 KUFO. We want to thank CNN Radio correspondents James Roop and Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today. Also from Cinematical, Don Taylor who's, uh, on the program, and from TMZ.com, Katie Darrell. The Rick Emerson Show is produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. For Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the web mistress is Bridget from upstairs, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, and of course, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Smells like the 90s coming up with Buzz next. We will see you all tomorrow. Until then, thank you for listening. Be safe. And uh, it is Tuesday, March 24th. That is the frequency. Kenneth, the Rick Emerson Show returns tomorrow. See you then. Be safe. Bye. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Felidia.